This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. You are listening to Any Given Sunday, a part of the Dead End Podcast Network. Please subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, and all other podcasting services. Please make sure you check out Dead End Hip Hop, Dead End Sports, Dead End Gaming, Is the Mic Still On, Chris Platt's Strictly Hip Hop and Hoops Talk, and a host of other shows on our podcast network. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. What's up, everybody? You guys are listening and watching to Any Given Sunday for Sunday, October 10th, 2021. I am your host, Manny Brown, joined as always by my co-host, Josh Rodriguez. Josh, what is good? What's good, Manny? It's been a while. How was Mexico? Mexico was good. <laughs> hey, y'all don't see me. I, I'm, I'm hopefully I'm Tanner. I'm, I'm a little bit more refreshed. Nice. No, vac- vacation was nice. good. Vacation was uh was really good. My first uh, trip, we didn't take any trips in 2020, obviously. So getting a chance to, to get away for a little bit, myself and the wife, um, a little bit of an anniversary trip, um, vacation, much needed. It was good. It was good. I, I recommend everybody, if you can, obviously everybody's in different boats, whatever. I get, I, I get all that. But if you can, I recommend everybody do it. Um, Mexico is a blast. Cancun was a blast. And uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun. Um, did nice. a lot of crazy shit on my vacation. I went snorkeling in the Caribbean Sea. Oh, hell no. Terrified. <laughs> can't, Ter- can't do it. No, no. Terrified. It was one of those things. It. it was like, oh, you only live once. The nope. wife was like, come on, let's do it. That, let's do it. Let's yeah. Do you it. only want to live. One, you only live once. And I want to keep living. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> That's I know. I Listen, uh, it was terrifying. Um, I'll probably never do it again. But it was a great experience, and uh, I had a blast. So, did you see any cool sharks or fish? Or no, we saw a nice reef. Literally, like a like a big ass like puffer fish was just like floating oh right <laughs> under me. I can't do that. Uh, I can't do that. I can't do that. Someone said they saw a shark, but I I, I call bullshit. Nah. I didn't I didn't see any yeah. sharks, like any like baby sharks or whatever. But you know, someone someone I, in the little group that I was in um, yeah. said they saw one and. Uh, I'm glad I didn't because I think I would have like spazzed out even more than when I was. I, you know, I can't do full it. disclosure. I cannot swim. So uh, wow, you are the stereotype. Yeah, I am. You are the stereotype. stereotype. <laughs> I cannot swim. I, I make no bones about it now. No, although but, now I feel like a like a jackass because I'm I'm like I'm in a group with like literally like I'm in a group with literally like a whole bunch of swimmers. Like everybody could swim. Like marathon swim at that. Right. And yeah, so I'm like, I'm getting, I'm getting swimming classes. Like it's happening. 
It's <laughs> it's gonna happen. I'm gonna go up to the YMCA and learn how to swim. I by by the by this time next year when I take my next trip, hopefully, right? Um, I will learn how to swim. I will have known how to swim. I probably won't uh, be right. Michael Phelps out there, but I I, I will. Uh, Not nah, Manny will Phelps is in. enough. Manny Phelps yeah, right? is enough. No. Just tread water. That's that's yes. all we need from you. <laughs> I can't even tread water. That, that's how bad I am. I can't even tread water. I'm in the, oh, in the ocean is like the worst place for you to not know how to swim because yeah. you're like get, the currents are just dragging you in one direction and everybody's like, oh no, just paddle and do your feet. Wait, like, so how yeah, did you snorkel? Just, you just you just went off the boat like this and then oh no no no, you no Josh, you're making it you're making it sound really really simple. No, I I like. I failed. I failed that snorkeling. I was like on a on a buoy, oh. and you know the little instructor was like guiding me. You know, I snorkeled because I said I did it, but I'm not right. saying I did this professionally or I was out here in full. You know, no, no, no. But I, but I, I, but lay. Hey, I got in the water. I faced my fears. I did it. It was an experience. It was a wonderful experience. I will never do it again. Okay. Um, even after I learn how to swim, I will never do it again. Um, but uh, yeah, no, the ocean, the ocean's too scary, man. You know, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I I just don't do those things really good either. Like for instance, when I went snorkeling, I didn't trust the fact that I was breathing through a tube. Yeah, <laughs> so that I would be, panic when be, I would yeah, go that, underwater. That, that, that I'd be like two feet underwater. I'm yeah. like, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this at all. Yeah. At that, I'll just That's take a, the goggles yeah. so I can see shit, and I'll I'll swim down as far as I can and swim right back up. I'm not snorkeling. After that. <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, I did not trust the little thing at all. It took me a while to finally get used to it or whatever, but I I got used to it a little bit after a while. Um, so I did I did get adjusted to it. But yeah, man, it's 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 terrifying. It's scary. Um, but but that wasn't the only thing I did. We went parasailing. Parasailing was fun. Parasailing was was a blast. Okay, uh, scary, but it was a blast. Uh, jet skis for the first time. That was cool. Um, uh, I dove off of like a forty foot cliff into a lake. That nice. uh, that was fun. Nice. Um, zip lined off the uh, zip Wait, lined off the into a lake, but then, but then, how'd you swim out of that? Like, did you get rescued? Oh no, I had a life jacket. No, I had, like you have life jackets and stuff. Yeah. So Wait, that, so like, you jumped from forty feet with a life jacket on, and that didn't like? Yeah. yeah. How did yeah. that not like? You just jump down and then you just float up. Oh, so you do you you do go through the water? I don't know why I'm picturing like the. The life jacket stopping you, like dead in your tracks. You just, you just yeah, bounce off the water. Wow, just, like, See, you're just sitting there. No, this no, whole water thing do. is foreign to me. I don't, I don't like water. I don't. I, I can swim, and I can tread water. I know how to do those things, but I don't like. I go to the beach and I don't even go in the water. I just throw a football around, play with football or whatever. I hate the water. Same, hate it. Same. You know, I, I, I. And this is a crazy thing. I can't swim, but I like the water. Like I'm not yeah. like I'm not terrified of water. Yeah. But it's just like, yeah, I just I've never learned how to swim. I grew up I in do Brooklyn, like the, you know. Yeah, same in the Bronx. Like we didn't have that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just right. we had a community pool that was filled with like half yeah. of like of Puerto Rico. <laughs> right. Just is what it so, is. right. So yeah. So we didn't we yeah. you know. So but now I have kids and I'm an adult and all these other things. And I'm like, okay, I gotta learn how to swim one of these days, right? Yeah. You know, just just I just I can know what I'm doing in the water. So yeah, that that's the next that's yeah. the next goal. That'll be my New Year's resolution. Learn how to swim. But um yeah, we we did the zip lining thing. So I zip lined across the jungle. That was fun. Scary as shit, but fun. Um yeah, no, I just we just had a blast, man. We just had a blast, you know, just Good. relaxed. Um, there were literally like two days out of that where we just literally sat on the beach all day and just relaxed. So, and drank. So we went, we did one of these all inclusive resorts. So we didn't pay for food or drinks at all. So nice. Literally got liquored up and just sat on a beach all day. That's, that's my kind of vacation. It's so. the way to do it. 
Yes. It's the only way to so, do it. No, but uh, thanks. Thanks for asking. It was a blast. We had fun. Good. It was a much needed break. But I did miss the show. I did miss you guys. I missed you. I, I missed being out here talking shit. So, you know, I'm glad to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you back. Thanks, man. Thanks. Uh, how, uh, how have you been? How's your week? I don't even remember what I did last week. If I'm going to be completely honest with you. <laughs> I don't remember anything. Man. Such a blur. I don't remember what a damn do? thing I did last weekend. I was alive. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I, I know I just made it through alive and that's it. Another work week. And that was it. Yeah. yeah see, I, I, I honestly don't remember. That's why you need a vacation, man. That's why you need a yeah. vacation. Seriously. No, no, don't get me wrong. I, I came back. We came. We got back on Wednesday and Wednesday and even Thursday were just like, ugh, like. I, mean, I felt refreshed, but it was. Just oh, like, oh, I went to a drag show. That I saw fun. that. I saw that you posted that. Yeah. Well, how was that? That was fun. It was awesome. I used to um, produce and host. Well, not host. That's a very strong term, but I used to produce and edit um, Ross Matthews' podcast. Yeah. And he has his own drag show um, that he does across the country called Ross's Bubbly Brunch. And he's a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when I was um, going through. Whenever I was on the show, not like Ross would have the shows in Los Angeles or Palm Springs. We would do live shows. We'd also go to a drag show, like opening up like a new drag show in the area. So it was kind of like a thing that I'm used to. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Dia wanted to go. So we just went. It was fun. Nice. Nice. Glad you have fun on that. Yeah. Yeah. It it looked like it was a lot of fun. You posted pictures and stuff. So that was cool. Yeah. And then you got to see some old friends, I'm assuming. So, yeah, Uh, that's always a good that's always a good thing. So, yeah. No, glad you have fun with that. How's uh how's the how's the new podcast coming? It's it's coming. <laughs> it's um a lot of stuff behind the scenes that like you know when you work for a company, and this is not me trashing. I don't, I don't want people to think I'm trashing a company or and whatnot. But there's a lot of things mm-hmm. that go into putting out a show or editing a show or marketing a show that you don't have when you're doing your own podcast. When you're doing the dime, when I'm doing the dime, or we're doing any given Sunday, it's just kind of like, hey, you got this, cool, cool, cool. but like. Mm-hmm when you're working with a company, my job is actually to be a podcast producer and we have a marketing team. We have a programming team. We have a social media team and like different things get assigned to different people. And it's a lot, it's a lot of work. Um, especially when you're just launching a podcast. So I think we're just kind of getting the kinks out. It's, um, learning process, but starting to get the ball rolling a little bit, especially with the season coming up for, and for those of you who don't know yeah. what I'm talking about, it's a uh, certified buckets hosted by lethal shooter, Ashton, Nicole Moss and Christian Winfield. You can just yeah, check go it support out that. Go support on uh, that. any go podcast platform. Yeah, yeah, go check that out. Go support it. And how's uh, how's the dime? Congratulations on the videos now. Including Thanks, the man. The dime yeah. is cool. Um, doing. By the way, hold on. The dime is in the top right corner right now, and it shouldn't be. That's. that's... <laughs> <laughs> just... We're now powered by Streamyard because I don't powered know if I can Streamyard. do a blink. Whatever. Oh, um, it's all the... good. <laughs> <laughs> no, we could be know, powered a, by the dime. We could be powered is, by the dime. It's, it's free advertising. It's free advertising. It's all, good, it's all um, Maybe maybe that was Josh's plan the whole time, right? Maybe it was. <laughs> um, the dime is good, man. I mean, yeah, I switched over to video. I'm doing TikTok videos now. In like three weeks, I'm going to be dancing with 16 year olds. So look out for that. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, I've been I've been trying to get on the on the TikTok train. Did a couple videos from Mexico, so that was cool. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm slowly getting there on the TikTok thing, man. I, I TikTok like I is do- crazy, man. Because in the sense, like for instance, I'll put up a video on Twitter and it'll get like I'm not kidding, like sometimes like sixty views. You can see how many views mm-hmm. it gets. Yeah, on TikTok, like my videos are getting, and this is not a lot at all, but like six hundred views. Yeah, is ten times the amount of like anything Dude. that I put on Twitter and Reels too. Instagram Reels, the same thing, where it's like. 
how are all these Same people thing. seeing this? Like what a Snapchat, Instagram, et cetera, right? It's it's yeah. it's it's like nothing. Then you put you just put some bullshit, you know, me watching TV <laughs> and it gets a thousand fucking I mean that video I Wild. posted. I think on my on my Twitter or on, on Instagram, whatever, if you guys follow, um, you know, just me on the beach, you know, that got like 700 views. Like I was like, unbelievable. What? Like I'm just literally just sitting on a beach like I'm not doing. I, hey, I, I'm I'm not knocking it. I'm not complaining. Great. Hey, make sure you go follow and subscribe to the podcast as well. Right. But, uh, you know, yeah, it's it's um, it's interesting. Yeah. TikTok is TikTok is a beast, man. I I, I, I underestimate it. How just how i mean yeah. it's i mean it's in everybody's phones and all these and, young and the kids wild thing is just, yeah and i know i'm gonna make a video that's gonna have like twenty thousand views not because like i have the ability to do so but that's how tiktok is like eventually like one video is gonna pop and you're not gonna know why at all yeah it's gonna be me yeah. talking about like starburst and mm-hmm. for whatever reason it's gonna pop yeah you yeah. gotta be consistent no, sure. with it yeah, and that's 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 the biggest thing for me, just getting the consistency. Yeah. Everyone I know who's on TikTok who does it consistently has at least one video that's gotten like tens and thousands of views if they do it consistently or uh, some something like that, semi consistently. Right. Has at least hope, one man. video, one give video me hope. That, that like you give me hope. You give me hope. Let's see, yep. man. You know who knows? By this time next month, I'll be a, a TikTok uh, influencer. Who knows? Influencer. You never that's, know, a, man. that's a word. Influencer. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> But uh, no, but for sure though, glad to be back. Vacation was awesome. Glad that you had a good week, and uh, yeah, glad to glad to be back doing what we do best. So yeah, let's get into it. Uh, it's gonna be a little bit of a short show tonight, just because we're we're coming so late because you know Kansas the City had lightning storms and rain and all kinds of shit. So yeah, yeah. so won't be as long tonight, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll still bring the same heat. So I'm ready to get into it. Um, let's do it. You want to start with football, or do you want to start with the NBA? Do you what do you want? What's to- NBA? I'm actually in the NBA mood right now. I don't know if it's the dime. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, so we're not going to do a full preview just yet. Obviously, we still got a what, like I think like ten days or so for the start of the regular season, something like that. Ten, twelve days before the start of the regular season. So, um, yeah. but the 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 I guess the dominating conversation continues to be you know NBA players and their uh, lack of um, <laughs> I guess cooperation. Um, when it comes to getting the vaccine, um, chief in that is Kyrie Irving and the whole Kyrie Irving situation, which continues to gain legs by the day. Um, as the question just popped up on the screen, you know, what what do you think? First of all, I'll, I'll give you my, you know, I'll, I'll share my thoughts after you after I get yours. I kind of know where mm-hmm. you're going already, just from just listening to the diamond stuff. But you know what? Where's the situation going? I mean, because this is it's it's getting it's getting to the point where, you know, people are weighing in on it. It's becoming a topic of conversation almost every I mean, we haven't even talked about the Nets from a basketball perspective. It's just literally been right, you know, James Harden's contract and Kyrie and can he play home games and what to do with Kyrie? Is Kyrie gonna show up? Are the Nets gonna trade Kyrie? You know, this and the other. So what are the net what the Nets should do with Kyrie? What is how is this situation gonna play out in your mind? Or how should it play out in your mind? I don't even know if there's a should. That, that's the thing. We're we're entering unprecedented territory right now. This has never happened. I mean, this is we're living in a weird time. So I don't know what they should do. I mean, you can say they should look to trade him because you know we don't know if he's gonna be able to play in Brooklyn. If the Nets and Knicks play a series, <laughs> he's not gonna be able to play in the playoffs. Like that's insane to think about. Like, oh yeah, Kyrie's gonna miss round two of the playoffs because yeah. you know, um, of, of mandates. Um, but just coming from a basketball perspective, like if let's just say 
I'm a team like I'm the Nuggets, right? I'm just saying I'm not saying he's a good match for the Nuggets. I'm just saying if I'm the Nuggets, and I know that eventually I might have to go through Golden State, I might have to go through LA that might have their own mandates down the line. Why would I trade for him? It doesn't make any sense. You know, I'm gonna I'm not gonna have him for games one, two, five, and seven in a play in a playoff series. Why would I even give up anything to get someone who's not gonna be there during the most valuable games of the series? Now, I know they have exemptions, for instance, like work exemptions, uh, I think in San Francisco, I, I, I think, or, or, or something like that, where like visiting team players can, um, can play. But like, let's just be honest, like it wouldn't surprise me if down the road, if cases start going back up, they kind of sc- nix that and say, you know what, now it's everybody. Um, you don't know where this is going to go. So, so to and me, how fair is that to the everyday person, right? Like, you know, it's not fair. If yeah. You're a school teacher in, in Syosset, Long Island, and you can't fucking teach. Because, you know, if you want to have a, an ex, you know, if you have some issues with the vaccine and you're just not totally comfortable with getting it, you're basically yeah. facing losing your job or getting right. it. And you've got a million dollar athlete that's saying, ah, you know, I just don't want to get it. You know, and we're making exemptions for him, but not. Yeah, they use the excuse. That, that's, that's not, that's not a fair. They, they use the excuse of like, well, you know, they're not on the, the, like if you play with the Nuggets, they don't, they don't work technically in San Francisco. They work in Denver and they're just flying it. Whatever it is, it's BS. It just yeah. is what it is. And I think that's what frustrates a lot of people, even people who are for the vaccine. Uh, it's just like these, or who have always been like pro mask and pro lockdown. Um, it's just, everything is so inconsistent. Like a lot of things just don't make sense logically. And I think it's, it's really frustrating where it's just kind of like, what are we doing here? <laughs> like right. I, I should be able to know what the hell's going on and, and what the rules are and what, and why they are the way they are. Um, but regardless, just to digress a little bit, we don't know what it's going to be. And I think you would be foolish to take a chance on trading for someone who might not be able to play the most important games of the season. And then on top of that, Kyrie's the type of person to miss games for personal reasons randomly anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. I, to me, I think the Nets are stuck with him. I think they're going to pretend like they're happy they're stuck with him. And they're just going to power forward and just hope that, you know, somehow, some way, our country becomes more comfortable Um and more lax with laws eventually down the road if you know we can flatten the curve for good and just kind of hope that happens during the season and hope that he becomes available if mandates are lifted. I don't know. I think that's the only option that they have. I don't think there's another option for this. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I, I just don't know what the solution is. Um, you know, realistically, I think trading him is out of the question. And and I, and I know it's the NBA and you can, you know, I've we said that thousands of times. Oh, you can't trade this guy and this guy ends up getting traded. Oh, no one's going to take that <laughs> yeah, contract. Sure. Person takes that contract, right? <laughs> you know, the NBA and sports in general, right? If you can help a team win, they don't care. I mean, you know, these, these teams will sign OJ off the street if he could still, you know, you know, carry the ball 30 times and, you know, get four yards to carry. It doesn't matter. That being said, though, I, I think he's untradeable. I mean, because yeah. it's not even a simple situation of like, oh, production or he beat his wife up or, you know, things that, you know, this is a, this kind of crosses a lot of different. A, you have a situation where he's unreliable. You know, you just don't know. And listen, I like Kyrie. I think he is a smart guy. I think sometimes he's too smart for his own good. Totally, totally wanted it there. But, you know, I do like Kyrie. I think he means well. I think he does mean well. I, I don't think he's trying to be a douchebag. I, I agree with you on that. Dick. I, think I agree he with you on that. mean well. But I think the problem Kyrie has, and I think, I, I think it's, I don't know if it's just people around him or people around him that are just not getting through him. It's like, he, he kind of has his feet 
on on each side of the fence. It's like mm-hmm. he wants to be a basketball player, but also wants to be you know an activist or a revolutionary. And it's like right. you gotta you gotta pick one or the other. You, you right. can't, and if you're an athlete, you you gotta abide by certain rules. Just like if you're an activist, you gotta you gotta live your life a certain way. You can't do both. Or you know, I'll be I'll be an activist, but I'll also try to bring some of my activist views and ways into a business where you're working for a corporation, and then that's where a corporation, the NBA is a corporation, and where you have to do certain things and you have to meet certain guidelines and criteria. And you know, no, 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 but I don't want to do that. I want to still be an activist. But no, pay me twenty nine million dollars, but right. I, but I still want to do this. It's like no, it doesn't it doesn't work that way. Yeah, you can't have it both ways, and I think that's kind of the issue with Kyrie. Um, and I think a lot of people's views on him in the media are kind of are geared towards that agenda of not liking him because they think he's aloof or he's a flake or this that, and the other. And I don't, I, I think he is misunderstood in that regard. But then he does things where it's like it's hard to defend, and it's like this being one of them. Like, listen, I, regardless of how I feel about the vaccine and and players and their stance on it or whatever. The fact is that we are living in a world and in a country where we do have a pandemic. It is what it is. And there is a vaccine. And you're essentially telling your teammates that your own personal choice and views on this matter is more important than, you know, the overall goal, which should be to play and win and play, play for each other and win, win a championship. And, and not only that, but then how, you know, how do you explain that to the staff of the New Jersey, of the New Jersey Nets, but the <laughs> and and you know how do you explain that to the the concession worker, to the team right. physicians, or the team doctors, or you know the, the 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 trainers, and you know the 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 travel party, and all the all the all the people that work behind the scenes in an organization that don't get highlighted, that don't get covered, that you know maybe they didn't have a choice on the matter, maybe they did have to get, uh, they may have to, have to go get a vaccine. How do you explain to them that you have this one guy, one of the most powerful people in their organization, just saying, nah, nah, that doesn't apply to me, or I'm just going to skip out and not play home games? Like, think about that. Like, think about that for a second. You literally have a big three, and one of the big three is just saying, nah, I'm just not going to play. <laughs> I'm not going to play at home this season. I'm just going to skip 41 games, you know, just, just cause yeah. yeah, just, I'm just not like, ima- like imagine a Shaq and Kobe, like Kobe just decided I'm not playing home games. Yeah. Like I'm just well, not, I mean, no, know. I get it. <laughs> or, or, or Robert Parrish told Larry Bird and, 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 uh, <laughs> and Mikhail like, yeah, I'm just not going to play wrong. I'm not going to play home games today. Yeah, yeah. I'm just not. It's just like, it's just insane to think about. Um, but going back to the overall point, I, I just think he's non-tradable. I, I just, a, with this issue now. And then the fact that, like you said, you know, you just don't know what you're getting from Kyrie. You know, he'll play two weeks and then he'll take a two week hiatus. You know, he'll play a month right. and then he'll take a month off. You know, and then on top of that, he's not exactly the most durable as far as just staying healthy. Well. That's another That's well. aspect of this. Yep. He's I don't want to say he's an he's an albatross, but he kind of is. And he means well. I, I think that's where a no, lot no, of people think well. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I think I think well. overall he's he's a net positive in the sense I just mean as a human being I think he does a lot of philanthropy um, behind the scenes that people don't hear about I've heard plenty of Kyrie stories um, especially working the job that I have everyone has a take when, especially when you talk to an athlete sometimes you get into conversations with athletes and they tell you no Kyrie's a good dude he I seen him do this I seen him do this so for me you know I, I'm not going to knock a guy who's very charitable and does philanthropy um, you know I do think he has a good heart I just think. From the whole time, I'm, I'm going to just talk about this issue. I'm talking about all the issues that I've ever heard him speak about, even ones that I agree with. Like, um, for instance, like when he's talking about racial injustice, sometimes he says things that don't even make sense, you know. And I think that sometimes he has this mindset that he's smarter than everybody else, but he mm-hmm. 
if you're smarter than everybody else, you should be able to convey your points. You should be able to logically, you know, lay out an argument. And he's never really done that for me. And for that, I think that's why he rubs people the wrong way. I think you have people who see that side of him and just run with it and just think he's completely toxic and a moron, which he's not. But then you have his most staunch defenders who are a in love with his game or B see the philanthropy and see the good guy that he is or a and B and it will defend him to the death where the truth is more in the middle. He's a very complex person. Um, right. It's a, there's extreme yeah. on both sides, right? Yeah. You know, there's the people that love him and love his game and because they love his game, they're willing to defend almost anything. Right. Right. Without kind of seeing like, no, this is a problem. And then you have the other ends of it, the Kendrick Perkinses of the world who have their own <laughs> agendas and will knock literally anything he does just cause and nothing that he could do, nothing that he does can be looked at as, okay, well, maybe let's, let's look at this from a nuanced perspective. No. So there's extreme on both sides. And listen, yeah. just because he's a good guy doesn't mean that everything he does is great. Like, 1000%. You know, or, you know, and just because somebody's a bad guy doesn't mean that everything they do is, is awful. A and broken horrible. clock is right. <laughs> right. Twice a day, exactly. that's what they say. Right? Yeah. Exactly. So, listen, Kyrie's very complicated in that sense because, again, I do think he means well, but I think this is a problem. I mean, if you're KD, I don't think KD loves this. And you could just tell, like, he's, like, over he came, this. He, like, he yeah. came here to play with him, and now he's not going to be playing half the, half of the season. Right. And then it's just, like, it's always something with Kyrie, right? Yeah. Like, there's just always That's something. what it is. It's like there's just there's the vaccine. There's the just the disappearing act for two weeks to clear his head. There's the injuries. There's the not liking Atkinson and him and Atkinson not getting along. Right. And there's right. you know, there's this, and there's it's, like I love LeBron, then I want to get traded and I can't get along with LeBron or I want more sign. Yeah, it's you know, the same thing where it's just, in Boston where it's yep. like I want to sign here and then I don't, you know, then I don't want to sign here. It's like then I leave. It just there's always something. And he's the constant, constant in a sea full of variables. He's the one constant in every single drama or situation or controversy that's been in his career. You know, it's always, it's always something with him. And at some point, um, you got to kind of just look yourself in the mirror and like, all right, what am I doing wrong here? Because I don't think he's absolved of any blame either with the reason why there's so much controversy around him. Always. It just always seems to be something. Um, so I don't know if, if I'm a GM, I'm not trading for him. Not because I think he's a problem, just because I, the best, the best ability is availability. And I don't know if he's going to be around. Um, so yeah, I think that's very a true. I think very that's a true. And I just, I just um, think they have to pretty much hope that, the, you know, the mandates, whatever they are now get kind of eased off um, or lightened or lifted or whatnot by April, May, June, which I don't know if it's possible in that short amount of time, but. You have no other yeah, choice. I mean, listen, we don't. We, it's even hard to speculate because we don't know what the world's going to look like. Hell, three months from now with this right. with this damn vaccine. I mean, who with this damn pandemic? I, it's it's hard to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen. I wish that these players were this passionate and this, you know, extreme about their views about this vaccine. If they had, if they took that same energy and applied that to, I don't know, when they actually had power, you know, a year ago and walked away and had a strike and actually held stuck to their guns and not let Obama and other people talk them back into playing. I wish they would have had this much energy for that. Yeah. You know, but you know, whatever. Well, there are um, many of them right now. That's the thing. There are many of them, but there are some, yeah. there, there are some guys that are, you know, Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving. These are stars. Like their these names. are stars. These are their names that drive. And even guys like Draymond and LeBron with their comments have kind of just been sitting the fence and just being like, not really taking a stance, but just been like, all right, well, personal decision and whatnot. Right. So, but there's, I, I don't think there's like the Kyrie's, the Bradley Beals, there aren't many of them. If they are, they're not really speaking out like over 90% of the league is vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't really think they have too many allies in that, to be honest with you. 
True. But but I also think it speaks to a lot of people's perception of the NBA that these are just kind of spoiled entitled athletes that yeah. are self and self-involved and don't really kind of look at the bigger picture of like this isn't this isn't just about you. This isn't just about you know, and I'm someone that likes to look at it like, yeah, of course, Kyrie's a great player, good guy, whatever. But, you know, think of it as I'm some st- I'm some front office worker on the Nets and I'm basically mandated to go get a fucking vaccine. But this guy who's making 30 million dollars a year and, and I hate when people say like, oh, it's not about the money, but it is. It's, everything in the life is about the money. Like so it's power dynamics, power it's, dynamics. it's a power dynamic, yeah. you know. We all go to work because we get paid. We don't go to work because we like it. Some of us like our jobs and, you know, it actually adds to the fact that we like our job, but we're getting paid. We all have to put food on the table. We all, we all do that. Right. Same thing. You know, if I'm some, if I'm some guy working in the office for the Nets at Barclays making 20 bucks an hour and I've got this fucking guy who's making 29 million basically telling us, you know, hey, I just don't want to get the vaccine because, you know, I'll, I'll be willing to play home games. Like, it's just, it's just, it just looks bad. And yeah. people, some people just don't care about that stuff. But I think that is something that definitely needs to be looked at and needs to be talked about. It's like it's not just about you. It's not just a, an NBA story or an athlete thing. It, this is right. something that uh, you know affects everybody. It affects the entire planet and affects every single person. But they, along, but all they are told lines. that. People are told that. I, but they don't I care. Guess, but that's, that's, that's what it that's is. It's it. just like they don't care. They right. don't care because there is an element of athletes that, that are just self-involved. But, not, but, but no, one will, no one will say that out loud. That's the difference. What you just and, said, and, say like, and that's what, and and you know me, I'm someone that likes to decode bullshit. It's like, no, they should say that. Yeah. Just say like, yeah, it's about, it's about me, and it's, I think I am better than everybody else, and I don't, I don't, I shouldn't have to be, you know, I'm a, I'm LeBron, and I'm going to use some example. I'm LeBron, and I make the NBA 200 million, and I should be treated to a different standard than the guy making minimum wage in the office. Like, yeah, whatever. I would at least respect that. Then you know, this like fake oh well i'm just uh, you know i mean bradley beal's comments on that press conference you know during the media day i mean he just he just sounded you sound like a moron if you sound like yeah, a moron the, like you literally but, sound like a moron yeah but but those things are things that people are saying all the time every day like that that thought process is also yeah, a thought process it, that is going like is kind of predominant in this country right now and we call those people morons too so, <laughs> so just because you make 29 million and you get and you have a pretty fit you have a bag it goes that way yeah. again you have a bag you know doesn't make you not a moron it just makes you a moron who has sick game like you're still a moron like and that's that that's again it's just it's dangerous rhetoric because again, a lot of people, whether we like it or not, look up to these athletes, look up to these right. celebrities, look up to these right. famous people. It's the same thing with the Nicki Minaj thing, you know. And I'm not one of those that like, oh, you're you're a role model. You're supposed to, you know. I, I fall into the camp of Charles Barkley, like, you know, as much as I love NBA players, Bradley Beal's not raising my kid. I am, so I get that there is an element of that. But I do think that do people do follow you, and I think that you do your. You have to be careful with the things that you put out there. I agree. Because, you know, I'm not saying you I, have a responsibility, but you do have to be careful because I, one of the elements. I would of go as far as saying you have. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say one of the elements of fame and success is that people follow you and look at you for guidance, whether I agree with that or not. And if you are out here saying stupid shit or peddling misinformation, that, that that's a bad look. The same thing for Nicki Minaj. Like for you to sit right. there and say your cousin's boyfriend, sister's ex-husband, whatever, you know, 
balls don't work because he got the shot. It's just, it's, it's misinformation. That's dangerous, but not just that. What bothers me most about that is that people will see that comment and they won't even believe it themselves, but they'll latch onto it because it just fits a narrative and they'll run with it, whether they believe it or not, just because it's a dissenting opinion. I, but to go back to what you were saying, I do think that even like us to a certain extent has a, if, if I'm doing a show that's public, like any given Sunday or the time, I think I have a responsibility when my voice is broadcasted in the public to be responsible with what I'm saying and to make mm-hmm. sure that my message isn't miscon- uh, misconveyed or taken out of context and that whatever I say to the best of my knowledge and to the best of my ability is factual and true, period. I don't, I don't, I, I don't think it's, you know, I don't think the players should be role models. I don't think it's their job to raise your children, like Charles Barkley would say. But the fact of the matter is that you do have kids looking up to you. You do have teenagers looking up to you. And I do think that you have to be very, very careful with what you say about anything, whether it's social justice, whether it's you know political or whatever it is. You you do have, I think, some sort of responsibility, especially if you're a public figure, to watch what you say and realize that your words can be taken out of context, that your every word can be scrutinized. I know it's not fair. I'm not saying it's fair. But that's just the way it is. This is um, the way it is. Nothing's fair. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. It's, it's, and even with us, man, like right now we're broadcasting live, you know, and I, I want to be sure that my message comes across clearly and that to my knowledge and, and to and in my opinion that who, whatever I think a dissenting opinion is or whatever I think the wrong side of the argument is doesn't take my words and run with it. It's it, You have to. And that's again, that's like my problem with Jimmy Dore. That's my problem with those guys. Where it's like, you might lean left, quote unquote, whatever, but what you say and what you, you can't be going on Tucker Carlson, you know, and and saying Mm -hmm. all this bullshit irresponsibly because now you're giving fodder to the other side. It's, and I'm going to pivot again, which is like very similar to the Dave Chappelle thing. I just kind of tweeted about this and I don't know how you feel about this. Oh yeah, we can get into it. Yeah. My thing with that, it's like. I don't think he has any ill intentions. I don't think he's transphobic. I think he's someone who is trying to understand something. He's a comedian who's trying to be funny and he's also defending himself. So he's putting himself in this weird paradox where he's trying to do three things at once, but he doesn't understand that sometimes you repeat talking points. That's fodder for the, for the movement that you're trying to defend or for an issue that is very sensitive. And I think public figures have a responsibility to realize when they're doing that. You know, there's a reason why the Stephen Crowders of the world, the Fox Newses of the world, the Breitbart of the world are latching on to Dave Chappelle's content of his last special. It's because he gave them fodder. See, we're going to disagree on this. I, nah. listen, I, I, I full full disclosure: I have not seen okay. the new special. I plan on. I've been. It's on my list of watching before they do take it down. God forbid. Um, but they, I, I do plan on watching it here in the next, you know, twenty four, forty eight hours. And uh, listen, I, I get, I'm trying to find the right words for this. So bear with me for a second. But, I you. Um, you know, I think that we live in a society and a lot of, a lot of society has become oppression Olympics, right? Where it's like, you know, my oppression is greater than yours or this is that. So I think that a lot of the conversation is spark, you know, it's, it's, it's driven by that now where it's like, we can't have kind of a, a, a holistic view of the world, right. Without like someone being offended because someone said this or someone said that there's no nuance or there's no nuance thinking like, listen, do I think that Dave Chappelle means any ill intent with what he says? No, I think he's trying to really have a nuanced and witty conversation and he's using it through comedy. And yes, people are going to be offended, but the level of vitriol and anger that he is causing, first of all, you're kind of helping his point 
because you're like a lot of it. He's a lot of it. He's just bringing the hypocrisy of not only the LGBTQ community, but cancel culture in general. Right. So like a lot of people that I know, like my wife faces this, my wife is in law school and a lot of times they have these kind of hard conversations. Right. And a lot of, and I think a lot of the criticism with people in the LGBTQ community, and I want to say this, so look, I'm, I support the LGBTQ plus community. I have no, putting that out there already in front so no one jumps right. but i feel like a lot of the issues that a lot of people have with the lgbtq community is this this uh, this aspect of like oh we're we're our oppression or our hurt or our struggle for civil rights for lack of a better term is akin to what black people face in this country and it's like no it's 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 not <laughs> and and you have to stop doing that like it's not because like my wife eloquently told someone in her class, it's like, I'll use an example. Peggy Sue is gay or trans or whatever. You can become someone else if you'd like to lie or to give off the impression that you're not gay or you're not trans or whatever. As a black person, I'm only going to ever be seen by my skin color. I can't be something else. To somebody, I'm always going to be a black person. I'm always going to be a black man, a black woman, a black kid, a black boy, a black girl, whatever. Right. And I think that a lot of people in the LGBT community, because again, I think that society spurs a lot of this conversation where it's like, oh no, what's your oppression? Okay, is your oppression greater than this oppression? And this oppression, like, it just becomes this like muddied water of oppression, and no one's really kind of. I don't think anybody's really winning the argument because no one's going to win an argument like that. Like, who wins an argument? Oh, well, black people are more oppressed, or gay people are more oppressed, or Jewish people are more oppressed, or da, da, da. it's just it just becomes silly. And I think that a lot of people in the LGBT community, and that's a and that's a critique that a lot of people feel. A lot of people that I know, a lot of people in, in kind of my own social circles feel like, yo, like they like to. There's a there's an element of hypocrisy to the LGBTQ community because again, they don't get worked up about some issues, but then when it's something that even remotely calls them out for something, it's like, oh my god, you know whatever. And it's like, no, you have to be consistent with these things. And again, I'm not anti-LGBTQ+. I I have gay... I hate to even do the, oh, I have gay friends in my community. Whatever. I get it. Like, this is not me being anti... And listen, I get it. Could Dave Chappelle been a little bit more eloquent (laughs) in some of the things that he has said? Sure. But it's Dave Chappelle. Like, he's going to say things that are provocative. He's a comedian at the end of the day. And it's like... I just I don't think that I don't think that these things are as big of a deal as people are making them out to be. But again, I am also not gay. I'm not a part of that community. So, you know, maybe if I was, I'd feel some type of way about it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so anecdotally, I, I I mean, I'm a straight man, like completely straight, but I've considered myself a huge part of the community. My older brother was gay. Um, for those who don't know, I produced Ross Matthews show and most of my followers on Instagram are just gay trans lesbian like whatever uh, lgbtq um you know i personally and and you know i maybe it's because i am not a black man i don't i don't receive the same type of hypocrisy i don't i don't see it as much um that's just anecdotally you know during the black lives matter movement the most fiercest allies that i saw personally to be honest with you were the lgbtq community um that's just what i'm saying is anecdotal by the way too i'm not saying yeah yeah every single gay person is that every single i think you know right or trans or whatever like i'm I'm not right i think yeah i think the problem comes and i think we can both agree on this is that when 
each marginalized group tries to equivocate their struggle with the others. Uh, mm-hmm. A woman's struggle is different from a black man's struggle, which is different from a trans woman's struggle, which is different from a gay man. Like it, it's all different. I mean, it, every every group is marginalized, but in different ways. And I think, right. you know, when people try to compare it or try to say, "Hey, like we're the same," it's like, no, we're not, because it's not. You're not the same. But I do think that at the same time, we have to recognize that when there's rhetoric being thrown out there, it can be harmful. Things that Dave Chappelle said during that stand-up can be harmful to especially the trans community when you say something like gender is fact you came out and you had a like those are type of things that trans women get thrown in their face by Mm -hmm. straight cis men who try to rape them or who try to take advantage of them or try to invalidate their presence in in this in this society like the same things he's saying are the same things that the steven crowders of the world used to throw in their face are the same thing that ben shapiro's used to throw in their face but is anybody going to sit there and say that dave Chappelle is on the same scope as no 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 one's going to say that saying that but that's right. but that's but but then that's what people like me come in and it's like okay gotcha i see you where you're coming from but then it's like then again you have to step back for a second and say okay is what dave chappelle saying can you put it on the same scope as a steven crowder no or no tucker carlson no or do you like i, I guess not saying it, it bothers people go ahead uh, go ahead it, it's not the same scope i'm not saying that dave chappelle saying anything that's like overtly transphobic and that he's a transphobic human being what i'm saying though is that if i have a belief that black lives matter never am i ever going to give any fodder to a tucker carlson to a sean hannity if i believe that trans women and trans men are valid i am never going to give any fodder to that community whatsoever i understand the arguments and i'm not going to make jokes about it to to normalize that train of thought. And what Dave did, which was in my mind completely unintentional, was he started normalizing misconceptions about the trans community that people who are opposed to the trans community use against them to stigmatize them and to keep mm-hmm. them down and marginalize in society. I don't think he meant to do it. I'm not saying we should go and cancel Dave Chappelle and take a special. But a Netflix. lot of people, but that's but that's what you're saying. Some people but are. That's the thing. But a, some people, I don't want to say all. Yeah. But yes. a lot of people are doing that. A lot of people yeah. are like, oh, Jay but, Chappelle's the worst. He's just as bad as this. But you're going to get that with any outrage. You're going to get that but, with but any that's, outrage. That's but but that is but but the thing is that that's what's driving a lot of this. It's 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 usually the loudest takes are the ones that are driving a lot of the right. the, the action on this. It's right. never like uh, oh yeah, I see what he said was offensive, but you know, right. no, like what you're saying. You know, it, it's it's the folks that are like oh yeah, Dave Chappelle and Stephen Crowder hang out. He, he probably wrote his but joke there aren't for him, many so people who are saying that man like that's no, the thing like, like i've been looking again like, i don't want to sit there and make it like everybody in the lgbtq community is doing that i'm not i'm not, first of all i haven't seen the special so it's right. hard for me to speak on the exact jokes i've just know that what he said in other past specials yeah the issue for me is is that like while you're saying something that is eloquent and i can agree with and i can see there are mm-hmm. other people who take the extreme road which is like, oh yeah, Dave Chappelle now has to be erased from history because he's a he's 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 horrible. Like, there's I've read articles but, on gay writers that are like, oh, Dave Chappelle can kiss my gay ass because he's a homophobe. Well, they, like, what? Well, they like, okay. Why? Oh. <laughs> like, so, does does anybody really believe that Dave Chappelle? First of all, does anybody really believe that Dave Chappelle, Stephen Crowder, all these people have like the same talking points, or no. even like, are even in the same? you know stratosphere when it comes to thought public thought and discourse. Do, you, do you think do you think jimmy Dore and tucker carlson have the same thoughts and same are in the same stratosphere i bet you a lot of our audience would say no but then why is why is he going on there to give him fodder like that's the point 
Like I'm not I'm not giving ammunition to the other side, especially when the other side's very dangerous and it's, it's basically invalidating the existence of my community. I think a lot of people, and I don't think they're nuanced enough to distinguish the fact between Dave Chappelle not being you can be not transphobic or you can you can have a misunderstanding of trans issues and, and still learning and still unintentionally caused damage to the community and his words have caused damage and have normalized stigmas against that community but again i get what you're saying yeah my issue is again is like with the day or just when forget dave Chappelle. let's move away from dave Chappelle for a second for a second and just anybody right so for instance dave Chappelle. excuse me is i burp you know hinted as Hinted at saying, you know, gender is gender, you know, whatever you may think of yourself, gender is a lot of he people. Hinted at it. He, said it's a, he said it's a fact. He, he said it, said it that that gender is fact, right? Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people that I know have that feeling. Yeah, They're but that's not, not a anti gay. No, but, but, but that's, not, me, that's not a subjective but, thing. But, but, but people let me, think let it's me, subjective. But let me, let me finish. Okay. So a lot of people, <laughs> right? A lot of people that I know say, like, you know, hey, I, I support your right to practice whatever you want to practice. Whatever lifestyle you want to live, I support, right? Yeah. But to me, and I'm not saying me, I'm just saying people that I know, to right. them, they think gender is, you are a male or a female, that's a fact. What you want to transition as or what you want to be described as, that is your personal choice. And I, I, I support your right to do that. But to them, they're like, well, you're not going to, dis, you know, you're not going to tell me that you know, a duck is a dog and a dog is a duck because no, you were born as a duck and you were born as a dog, like, like whatever. Right. They can have that opinion, not be homophobic. Right. right. Like that, that's that you can have that opinion. Now, some people will hear that and say, Oh, yep. You're homophobic. That's it. Like there, there's no, there's no if, ands, or buts about it. You're homophobic just because you don't agree that I was born a woman and I can right. now be a man. Right. Like that's insane to me. Whether I don't I think agree it's insane. with it. And I, 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 I don't agree with that, by the way. I, I don't agree with it either, but I don't think it's insane. And that's where we disagree. Yeah. Because I just, uh, I, I don't agree with it. I want to make, I want to be mm-hmm. perfectly clear. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with someone saying that to you. I don't agree with people labeling that. But I do understand why someone's mind goes to that because the fact that gender is a spectrum and is something mm-hmm. that's fluid and is not a fact and is a social construct, that is the whole crux of the trans community and, and the queer community, that, mm-hmm. that is, that is literally like the foundation of it. And I agree so for you that. to yes. say, so for you to go against it and say, Oh, gender's a fact. You're the man or woman. You're basically just, you're, you're destroying the foundation. You're denying the fact that this even exists. And to them, you are making it seem like everything's in their head and this is bullshit. And you can believe what you want to believe, but it's not a scientific fact or, or or social science fact that hey, gender is a fluid thing on a spectrum. You're when someone says that what Dave said, that is going against the whole essence of what it is mm-hmm. to be who they are. Well, I don't agree that it's some homophobic or transphobic. I think a lot of people just don't understand the issue, and it's a very new thing that people are trying right. I, I to, think that's, to, to I think understand. That's part of it. I, I, I yeah. think that's a large part of it. That and I, I don't agree with people saying, I, I think it's a very reactionary thing, but I do understand the anger and the frustration that comes along with it. I just wish that they would have a better understanding for people who have questions and an understanding of people who's like Dave Chappelle, who just like, they mean well, for instance, but, you know, might say the wrong thing or have a wrong belief or, you know, not believe in an objectivity. 
but it's very difficult to do so. I have more empathy for someone who gets mad at that because you're denying their whole existence. On top of it, you're giving fodder to the other side, which is impeding on their progress. That's my point. I can understand the and anger. I, I don't. I don't agree I with that. them coming at someone like that. But at the same time, I understand it and I'm empathetic towards it. And I get it too. And like, for instance, again, for the record, I don't agree with that. Not with that. With that line of thinking. But I also see like there's a lot of people that have strong feelings about, you know, the whole Dwayne Wade with his son situation. I know people in mm-hmm. my family that are like, hey, I support if that if that that child. Because I don't want to say boy or girl. If that child decides that they want to be one thing or another, that's fine. I support that. I support his right, his or her right to do that. Okay. But I think there's a conversation to be had about how young can a child start transitioning to, the, you know, because then you get into, you know, science and medicine and, you know, are right. these things, you Hormones know, that's, and that, yeah. that is, that is a fair argument to have. I agree. But again, agree. we've lost the ability in society to even have those kind of conversations. Again, if somebody even brings up like, Hey, I don't think that someone should transition at 13. Like that's probably something that should wait till you're 18, 19, where your body's a little bit more developed and matured right. and you understand the risk and you know, whatever, blah, 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 blah. No, we can't even have those conversations because now it's like, oh, no, you're homophobic. You don't believe in his right to choose it. Whatever. Like, no, <laughs> it's just a simple fact that, hey, I don't think a 13-year-old should make that kind of decision. And so I can't. So I, can't. Okay. Your, your, your reaction comes from you're frustrated with the, with the reactionaries and the overreactions that are impeding on an honest conversation. Exactly. That's my issue. And I'm someone like, so I'm full disclosure, I'm a fan of Dave Chappelle. I, I'm a huge fan of Dave Chappelle. Right. That doesn't mean that I support everything that he says or everything that he says is basically, you know, a Bible verse. No. Do I agree with everything he? No. Because and that's again, that's that's the level of like the the level of sycophant fandom that we live in. Right. Like if you support someone, you have to support everything that they say, everything that they're about, everything that they do. That's it. You're a fan. That's it. Or if you're you're not a fan, you hate everything. Right. Like, no, there's nuance. Like there's I'm a huge Jay-Z fan. Jay-Z is my favorite rapper. Do I like every Jay-Z record he's ever put out? Like every single record Jay-Z's ever made is the greatest record ever. No, no, there's there's records I don't like. That doesn't make me any less of a Jay-Z fan because I don't like, you know, right. a bonus track on Blueprint 2. Like, okay, I skipped that song. That doesn't make me a Jay-Z. Like, so that's where I'm coming from with this. It's like we've lost the ability to actually like sit down and have honest conversations because, again, everything has become so tribalistic. And so like we're in this group, we're in this camp, and when I'm planting my flag, right. and you're either with me or you're against me. And that's it. And I, yeah, like, I get the problem. things. And yeah. there's certain things that aren't negotiable for me. Like if someone says, I don't believe people are gay. Like, I don't believe you. I don't believe in a man should make it. No, then that's obviously something that there's no negotiating that. Like, who am I to tell you who you should like or who you should want to be? With? Like, I don't care. Like that, that's, that's, a, that's a non-starter for me. Right. But I do think there's a conversation to be had about, Hey, how young can a child transition? Right. Like, but I, I agree that, but again, the anger that's coming at Dave Chappelle is that's not what it is. Like the the non-starter for you is he he went against the non-starter for the trans community. That's my point to you, where it's like, and I th- like you know how a non you're non-starter for Black Lives Matter movies. If you don't think my life matters, I don't want. Well, that's the same thing. The trans community they're non-starters. Like if you don't think my life and my identity is valid, then. I don't want to have a discussion with you. I don't think I don't. And again, I haven't seen this special. Yeah, yeah. I don't want anybody to attack me because I don't want to speak out of out of something that I have not seen. I'm just basing it on every comedy special he's done before the closer, right? 
I don't think that he is saying, I don't believe that gay people should exist. I don't believe gay people have rights. I don't believe right. that gay people. I, I don't think he's saying that. I think he, Zay, he's not. Dave Chappelle is an observationist. Yes. And he likes to call out the bullshit in society, kind of like me. That's why I gravitate a lot to, to, you know. And his basic thing is like he made it, one of the jokes that I saw in an episode of is like the baby only got, the rapper, the baby, right. got scorn is because when he said some stupid shit about the LGBTQ community. Not about the other heinous shit that he's done right. that actively should have gotten him canceled as well. Right. And, and I there's truth that to Dave, that. And I think Dave is using observational comedy to highlight right. like, hey, it shouldn't just be about like when someone says something stupid about the LGBT community, like the baby allegedly, I should say that allegedly murdered somebody. Right. Why isn't there? <laughs> why isn't there outrage about that? But he says something ignorant and. I agree, ignorant about the gay community. It's like, no, no, he's he's done, done. That's it, over. No coming back from that. And I think that that's what Dave Chappelle is trying to hide. Now, you could say clumsily he's doing that, or you could say ill-informed, or could have yeah. used a better choice of words. Right. Fine, we can have that discussion. But I right. don't think to go to the extreme of like like the dear like the dear white people uh, showrunner like oh I didn't pay attention to that you know, like, like, like but yeah. that's but but see that's a lot of the conversation that gets highlighted well, I, it's not the people like you it's not even people right. like me where people are kind of in the middle that kind of see both sides it's you know the showrunner from dear white people that are like oh yeah right. well, I'm boycotting Netflix until they fire Dave Chappelle well, like so here's the thing right now while I don't agree with that take the one tweet that I do empathize with her is the fact that she showed her DMs and she saw what people were saying to her in her DMs. Mm -hmm. What Dave was saying in his special, although he wasn't the bullhorn to do it, he is still normalizing the people who do that to go into the DMs and do that. And and to I think call her to do that anyway, though. That's, I, I, that's people are gonna do that anyway, but you know, for instance, like Dave makes a point, right? You cannot if if you say something about the gay community, like people will come at you. That is becoming normalized where it's like, hey, you can't fuck with the gay community, period. This is fucking mm -hmm. bullshit. We're sick of it. Right. Like right. and to me, and I agree I, with I that. I agree with it too. I agree with a hundred percent. Um, and I, I think there's a reason for that though. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no. I get I get what you're saying. I just think that I just don't I don't buy the whole like, you know, if you say this then you're normalizing like the much extreme versions of what you're saying. It's like, I, I don't necessarily buy that. Like I, for instance, I think, if, I, if I decide one day, if Tucker Carlson in his infinite wisdom decides he wants to debate me, yeah. and he invites me onto a show. I'll gladly go on his show because why Tucker Carlson gets 15 million people that watches. But if watch you go on his show, I would bet money that you would go at him and you wouldn't play buddy, I, buddy with I, him. I, and, I, I would go at him and I, know. I would challenge a lot of the shit that he says. Right. Right. But that's not the argument, and that's not the debate. The debate is you shouldn't even go on his show. It's like but the well, reason why. So the reason why, though, is because when these people go on their shows, like a Jimmy Dore, he's he's mm -hmm. buddy buddy with him, and he spends more time damaging the people who are closest to him right. on the political okay, so spectrum what, than he does so, the opposite side of the argument. So what if? So what if? And I'm just and I'm I'm not trying. We're not trying to get veered off, guys. I promise. We're yeah, we're yeah. Tight back yes yeah, so, okay, so what if jimmy what if, what if tucker carlson agrees with me on afghanistan right okay a bloke a broke clock is right twice a day and there are some things that i listen i think tucker carlson is like disgusting and vile but there are things that he says that i'm like oh, okay i i will nod my right, head to like the, he has some casual understanding of like right some but, but populist understandings he has a terrible agenda 
but right. I, I, some things I can actually like nod my head to. And if we actually find some agreement on things, right, that doesn't mean that like I am accepting of the 98, 98% of other terrible shit that he said. We just agree on this one thing. And if he wants to have me on his show to talk about that one thing, sure, we can have a discussion. We can even have a but debate you- about other shit. But how, you, but how you talk about it is important though, right? So like Jimmy, for instance, will go – and this is a hypothetical. I, I'm not saying that he has done this. But Jimmy will go on to talk about Afghanistan, and what he'll do is he'll trash Biden. He'll trash AOC. He'll trash the squad. He'll, he'll trash mm-hmm. all that and not balance it out with the other side while and being that, on the home court the on yes. the other no, side. I agree with you. I, agree. I have no I, doubt in my mind that if you went on there, you'd be objective – and and you would be either you you wouldn't let you wouldn't let Tucker get away with like doing the whole no well, I'd, I'd call President him Obama did this Biden you would be like no yeah you you'd be like yes Obama did this Biden did this but listen Trump did this and Bush did this so don't even like that's what I'm talking about or you like or go. like what I always do I I say both yeah. parties have blood on their hands like right which is facts equally shit, it's okay right? I'm not like, saying it's not okay to acknowledge what I'm saying is that if you're going on a, if if you're going on another opposing home court whatever of someone who you do not politically agree with you have to make sure you don't give them fodder and you don't give them talking points to springboard off of you that's my point and i think that's that's what dave Chappelle's doing he's not doing it intentionally i don't think he's transphobic i don't think he's doing it on purpose but what dave Chappelle's special did and just go look at steven crowder and the daily wire and fox news he gave him a springboard to push more transphobic bullshit and it wasn't on purpose but i think that those and and and, and, and again 100 percent agree with you yeah don't won't even challenge that but the only thing that i come back on is i think that the steven crowders and those vile people would have done that anyway they would, they would have but the not other, in the name of dave Chappelle. and they okay, wouldn't but they the wouldn't claim somebody else, or they would have yeah, named it, somebody but, like, like but, that's, I'm but, that, they would that's, but but, but you, that's what i'm but, trying to understand it's like dave Chappelle was a necessary evil for them at the moment like right but but these people are still going to do that regardless irregardless of dave Chappelle. Right. Whether I say something, you say something, you know, Michael Jordan says something, LeBron says something, name a celebrity, right? I'm not mm-hmm. putting myself on the celebrity list, but whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, name a celebrity, right? Like, they would have done this anyway. And that's what, like, I think people, again, take But that doesn't, but that doesn't make, that doesn't make Dave Chappelle being a springboard irrelevant, though. He still shouldn't make himself a springboard for that. That's my point. Who cares if they would have done right. it already? We don't need Dave Chappelle giving them fodder, and we don't need them claiming Dave Chappelle for the next three years, or the next five but, years, or the next 10 years then, until Dave Chappelle realizes, oh, what I said was objectively true now i'm gonna take it back when he normalized that conversation those people can now use dave Chappelle as an example to normalize that conversation i guarantee you tomorrow dave rubin's gonna have a video about dave Chappelle normalizing this conversation right and but but again all right is gonna be having a conversation about dave Chappelle, a hero normalizing this conversation and some 16 year old who's on youtube is going down that alt right part line is like oh i think right. Chappelle's funny that's the problem it's it's bigger than that it's not that dave Chappelle is this it's that dave Chappelle just gave content for the next month two months three, whatever however long this lasts for the alt-right to spew their bullshit even though he did it unintentionally that's that's the point right yes they would have found I, it somewhere I, else and i, and I but and it I doesn't see matter what you're saying and I see what you're saying, and I'm not trying to ignore someone's anger towards Dave Chappelle or using Dave Chappelle as water. My yeah. only thing is I'm someone that likes to put the bullshit out on the table and say, see, okay. decode that. Like, 
Yeah, of course. Dave Rubin tomorrow is going to champion Dave Chappelle as basically the next, you know, Nelson Mandela. Of course he is. <laughs> but I'm telling, but what I am telling the LGBTQ community that is that is clearly disappointed and angry right now, I say, look, pause for a second. It, it, take Dave Chappelle out of it for a second. Of course they're going to champion Dave Chappelle because he pushes their agenda. They're full right. of shit because if tomorrow right. Dave Chappelle puts out a video that says, fuck the right, all of you people are fucking ridiculous and terrible <laughs> and awful and vile people, the, the right. Wednesday segment will be, you know, Dave Chappelle is awful and he should be jailed right. and he should be burned at the stake. And again, that is what I'm trying to convey out there that it's like, again, these people latch onto things because it pushes their political agenda, not because right. they actually and, – and I get – you're saying the same thing too, but right. but why feed into that? But I don't think Dave Chappelle cares if he's feeding into it. Dave Chappelle is trying to look at the world through his op- – I get what right. you're trying to – Dave Chappelle is trying to say, look, I think it's funny that this happens here, but this doesn't happen here when objectively comp- you know, making a point about the LGBTQ community. Right. I don't think he cares. I think Dave Chappelle is the type of person like I'm going to say what I feel. Right. And I don't care who and- latches onto it because whoever latches onto it, you're kind of – you're kind of the, the 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 critique that I'm giving, right? Like I think that you're the like like what I told somebody, like somebody who I know is gay, and they're kind of in the middle on it. Like they understand the upset, but they also kind of like like Dave Chappelle. So it's kind of weird. It's like I get it, but I don't get it kind yeah. of thing. And it's like I tell them, it's like, well, these people don't understand. And I'm saying these people. I'm saying the people that are outraged. What they don't understand is like, a you're kind of, <laughs> you're kind of doing the same thing that Dave Chappelle is actually kind of making fun of you of doing. It's like the outrage culture of like something happens or I say a joke and it's like everybody's instantly outraged at the fact that oh you you can't say that as opposed to like taking a step back and saying like what is he actually trying to say, what is the message that he is trying to convey, and I think that that's kind of the conversation that needs to be had instead of. But again, we're all so quick to just say. Oh, Dave Chappelle said something about LGBT. Okay, that's it. He's got to be canceled. Yeah, I'm not saying I, you're doing that. I'm yeah, not I'm not doing that. Friends of yours are doing that. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not saying that. I'm not trying to generalize that everybody in the LGBTQ community is doing that. But again, the loudest voices of the community that are on Twitter, that are on social media, that drive the discourse, some of them are. And they're driving a lot of the narrative against Dave Chappelle without right. really stepping back and looking at it from a holistic view and saying, okay, what is Dave Chappelle actually trying to say? Right. So I, I get what you're saying now. I, I think I have a better understanding of what you're saying. You're saying that Dave Chappelle has a point of view on something mm-hmm. in your mind, and I agree with you on this. I don't think it's intentionally transphobic. I don't think he's trying to hurt anybody. He's just doing observational humor that he sees, and this is how he sees the world. He throws it out to the world, and he turns his back, and he walks away because it's not his responsibility to dictate who takes what and what they do with it. Right. Okay. And, you, and, 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 and for that, you cannot like that. Like there's people yeah. that just don't like that. Like people feel like, oh no, you should have more responsibility with your words. I, I'm one of those and, people. And, I think you and, should. And I really think you should. And I'm someone I that I I respect someone that says, here, this is what I think of the world. I may not agree with it. Again, yeah. Do I agree with 100 of everything? No, I don't. But I respect someone that says, here, this is what I think. I'm putting it out to the world, and whoever consumes it consumes it, right? Whether they agree with it, don't agree with it, whatever. It's not my job to dictate discourse and narrative okay you know i can respect that now some people won't some people again it's 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 it just gets so frustrating because we've lost the ability to actually have nuanced discussions about anything in life now right without yeah. it being yeah you're this you're that you're this like 
I'll share a story because everything is anecdotal, right? So I was in a meeting. So for those of you who don't know, my day job is in IT. I work for the city. So I'm in a meeting with a bunch of like Microsoft people, tech people, whatever, whatever, for my job. And we have a person, I won't use names, but they have a, a name that sounds like a female name, but it's applied in this term to a person that, you know, identifies as male, right? And, you know, is trans. So long story short, one of the texts on the, in the, in the meeting or whatever says, you know, I'm just going to use a fake name, you know, Josh, you know, Josh, he, you know, did this, that, and X, Y, Z. Literally the meeting comes to a halt and it's like, it's not he, it's she. And like, this person is literally jumping down this person's throat. And it's like, and I didn't say anything, but then I kind of step back and it's like, you basically just attacked this person, <laughs> attacked his credibility, attacked his character when all he did was made a mistake. Uh, right. An honest and innocent mistake at that, right? Like, yeah. It could have just simply been addressed by, hey, you know, either after the meeting or pulled right. to the side, or we have literally a Teams chat where you can chat in private with the person and say, hey, you know, I identify as this and I prefer to go at my pronouns. This is that, right. Other, right. Instead, you've just labeled this person and embarrassed this person in, in a call of, you know, 20 something people. It's like, why did that need to happen? Like, is, I don't believe that that person was transphobic. I just think right. he saw a name and just assumed, oh, that's a male or a female or whatever. I don't think they had enough time to actually like process, like, oh, da 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 da, right? And I and like that's what I'm talking about, right? Like, again, we're we're so, and I'm not saying everybody. I'm not saying in every community. I'm not saying in every group. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that we're just as a whole, right? That everybody is so quick to just like, oh, okay, Josh said something stupid. He's a racist. That's it. No, no, no nuance, right? <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, you know, and, and it's like, no, we we can't we can't survive as a, a society like that. Like where it's like we don't have the ability to like actually see where people are coming from and actually and, and look at. And I'm sure we'll touch on this, like with the John Gruden thing. Like John Gruden says something racist. Now, yeah. I think what John Gruden said, I don't think you just casually say that. I don't, like, I, don't think I, don't, I don't think that's <laughs> yeah. something that yeah. you just like casually like whoops slipped yeah. out <laughs> you know like yeah. no like i think he's used that kind of language and rhetoric before and he's now just been caught um so i think it's different and i don't think it applies in every situation but i think that i just i use that situation to highlight like again we're so quick to demonize and to dunk on people instead of like actually saying like okay maybe this person just made an honest mistake and didn't Give more, grace to, yeah. give, give more grace, more grace and yeah. actually try to teach people and say, Hey, right. look, you know, I identify as this and I would prefer to be called these. Guys. And I'm sure that person would have been knowing the person like I know, you know, would have been like, Oh, okay, cool. Like, right. sorry, my bad. Won't happen again. Yeah. And I think both things can be true. Right. I think, I think what I'm advocating for and what I'm saying is true. And I think what you're saying is true as well. I, I do think there are like, you know, reactionaries that, you know, do a harm or a disservice to the movement that they're advocating for because of the way they handle certain situations. Um, mm -hmm. And I understand that it, it can be very frustrating to see. It can be very frustrating to be a part of like, you know, I, I have a lot of white friends who aren't racist, but you know, they might ask a question or they might say something and they feel like they're being attacked if they don't say the right thing when their heart's in the right place. And that can be very frustrating. And I think a lot of, you know, cis straight men are having the same problem or cis straight women are having the problem now where it's like, okay, I, I want to support you. I want to be an ally of, 
you know, the transgender community, but you can't come at my throat every single time something happens. Right. And, and I, 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 ignorance I on that. an issue doesn't make you a racist or doesn't right. make you a homophobe, right? Or whatever, you know, it just makes you ignorant. Like you're not, you, you're not knowledgeable in a situation. So you're, you right. have a weakness, an obvious weakness that needs to be addressed, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you make an ignorant comment about black people, I don't think that it necessarily makes you racist, but it does highlight that you have a, a, a lack of knowledge on this particular yeah. subject. And either you shouldn't speak until you do have a knowledge on that subject, or yeah. you should communicate with other people in that community to gain a better understanding of, them. you yeah. know what I mean? I, I also, and this will be my final point, and I, I think you might agree with this. I do have, like I said, I do have empathy for a marginalized group who feels like they're drowning, right? Like if you feel like you're drowning and you feel like every time you come up for air, someone pushes your head back down underwater, you're going to get hysterical. You're going to grasp for air. You're going to do things. And I'm not justifying the behavior. I do agree with you that there are a lot of reactionaries that don't necessarily do things and go about things in the right way or 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 might, you know, stir away some allies or and, and whatnot but i do understand the hysteria to a certain extent where it's like we are trying to be validated in society and at every turn we are just being pushed underwater every time we yeah. have a chance to somebody breathe. says something I, stupid. I get somebody does yeah. something stupid some or legislation gets passed right that's, or someone yeah. unintentionally like david Chappelle gives fodder to a movement that's trying to keep our head underwater and all i'm saying is that i get the frustration with that i understand that i i can i can I can see that. So to me, that's more harmful. And that is something that I'm going to talk about and address my concerns with rather than what you're saying, even though I do think that what you're saying is valid and what you are saying holds true and is a good point. Yeah. And I, and, and listen, I, I get it again. I feel like as, as much as anybody, I'm an ally of the LGBTQ community. I'm not trying to make this a critique. Yeah. We're saying, you know, all gay people must die now. Like, no, I'm, I'm please yeah, yeah. don't. Like, I'm <laughs> not doing it. I, I'm, just, again, I'm just trying to understand and again, uncover the bullshit. Because a lot of times when you, when you just, when you dive into the waters of social media and again, you, you, you become part of these camps, a lot of misinformation and bullshit just gets thrown out there. And I think that sometimes we just have to kind of swim through and navigate through the bullshit and see like, okay, what are the actual issues? What are the actual problems that we're all here right. trying to address? And, um, I get it. you know, we're just, we're better for that if we do that instead of just kind of like, okay, yep. Dave Chappelle's a racist or Dave Chappelle's a homophobe or Dave Chappelle's yeah. this, or this person's that, or this person's this without really, um, truly understanding what, what's happening so good follow-up yeah that was, good, that was a good, good way to end good, it good good yeah good conversation <laughs> uh, we probably haven't haven't changed anybody's minds hopefully hopefully we have but you know probably not and well um, I, you know. like i said i think both things are true I, I think what i said is true i think what you said is true too you know there can you can have two opposing views and both of them be true and valid yeah. and i I, yeah. I don't think we're too far off i just think we have a little disagreement on some, certain nuance and how it affects and, and responsibility that's all yeah oh cool um, let's move on to the NFL. Uh, we're not going to recap every game this week. Um, but, uh, before we get into kind of like, what are the things that stood out for us, uh, in the league this week? Um, is anybody having a worse week than urban Meyer? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Talk about controversies. God. My God. But honestly, I know you're not a big college football fan, but you know, I'll take solace in this, that, um, none of nothing that is happening right now actually shocks me or surprises me if you actually yeah. follow college football if you follow urban meyer's history you would know that this is kind of par for the course for him he's a phony he's been a fraud and he's been a phony for a long time and yeah. now the nfl world is actually seeing it which is kind of funny but um 
you know, he's he's always done things like this. Like this is a guy who's a God fearing man, but yet you know, <laughs> this football team employed rapists, murderers, all right. kinds of folks. I mean, just look at that Florida team. You know, you'll get the gist. And, you know, now obviously we talk about the issues at Ohio State and then now obviously here. Uh, yeah. Urban's having a, a a rough week. I mean, they got to fire him, right? At this yeah. point, you, you, you uh, I'm surprised they didn't fire him before this this game, to be honest with you. Is he trying to get fired? <laughs> That's the question. You know, the see, UFC job is out there. See, here's the thing. He, he, could, he could be he could be he could be pulling the strings here. He could be I don't, very I don't, Machiavellian in this. I, I hear I hear a lot of theories about that. I don't know Urban Meyer as well as you do. So I, I think your opinion would be more valid than mine. I don't think anyone would try to get fired. I would have a no, hard time. No, I don't think he's either. trying to get fired. I, yeah, I, yeah I, I don't think he's trying to be I think he just can't help himself. <laughs> That's the right. issue. Like, <laughs> he can help himself. I don't think he's trying to get fired. I think he genuinely right. can't help himself. Yeah. I think this is who he is. Um, and listen, that doesn't take away from the fact that I think he's a brilliant football mind i think he's a tremendous i don't think he's i I just never thought he would work in the nfl for this and other reasons but it doesn't take away from him he's a great football coach and he would instantly elevate whoever he would coach at at the college level but he's he's just he's that person and he is this person and he just continues to be this person and it's not a shock it's not a surprise and um no i don't think he's trying to get himself fired but i think he will eventually get i i just don't think there's certain things coaches can survive. I don't think when you lose a locker room, like what it sounds like he's lost. It's like he never had it. Well, he never had it to begin with. Well, yeah. he's never, yeah, he probably never had it to begin with. And then of course the decisions that he's made, the hires, the, 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 the shoehorning, the Tebow thing into being a thing for the thousandth of time, you know, um, all these things have just kind of left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. And then of course you get into the season and then you do this, yeah, there's no point at all. I mean, when your owner basically comes out and just basically trashes you, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't see this lasting very much. You know, I think they're both gonna just say, you know what? Listen, you want to go back to college? We don't want you here. Let's just shake hands, agree that this was a mistake, act like it never happened, and let's go on our merry way. Like, you think he he survives the season, or you think he's gone in the next couple of weeks? <sighs> I mean, it. Dep- <sighs> It's hard to say. I think he, I think if I had to gun to my head, water gun, of course, um, water gun to my head, especially now that, you know, school Cancel. shootings are up. You don't, uh, don't want to get canceled. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't want to get canceled. Plus, their school shootings are up. You know, you know, oh, people yeah. are outside, so people are getting shot. You know, it's the right. American dream. Um, it's an American slogan. slogan. People are outside, so people must get shot. Um, it's an American slogan. Um, I think he survives this. Uh, yeah, it's hard to say just because I, I don't put it past him that he'll do something stupid again. Um, I'm going to say gun to my head. Um, I think he doesn't last the season. I think eventually it, it, it's it's growing to be such a problem where I don't think that I think if you're cha- I think if you're you're con and you're anybody in that organization, you just say, look, this clearly isn't working. Let's. Let's let's just pivot here. Let's recalibrate. Let's let's go our separate ways and let's just find an exit here. Um, the season's already a disaster. A, they weren't winning anyway, so you can't even use that as an excuse. Like, oh, well, they're trying to win, or no, they were. This was a developmental year anyway. Number one, number two, they're not doing good anyway. So maybe getting him out of the building is a is a is an addition by subtraction. Um, so yeah, I I I think 
at, I think he maybe lasts to like week seven, week eight. But after that, I think he's done. I, I just don't see. I just don't see it surviving much longer. I mean, the whole the whole thing with the club not flying back with the team. I mean, just these are just bad, bad, bad. But yeah, I think Urban's an easy one. The the, the one that's going to be interesting is John Gruden. We touched on it a little bit, but the John Gruden one is going to be interesting. Mm, I don't think anything. You don't think you don't think it's going to happen to John Gruden. Because it happened 10 years ago and he wasn't even a part of the organization. He wasn't even in the league. I mean, I, I agree with you in the sense where it's like, that doesn't come out of your mouth. <laughs> uh, he, he, he wasn't, he wasn't actively a part of the league, but he was calling Monday night football. Yeah, he he was my thing is like, and a voice I, of the league. I think you'll agree with this. I don't think you can retroactively punish people for something they said or done before they were a part of your organization. Like, especially when it's something like, this. like if it's murder, obviously it's like, okay, we don't want to murder our team. But if it's something like this, where it's like, to us, it's it's very clear cut like intentions, but like, really, like, what do you, you what are you going to do? You you can't suspend yeah, him for something a, he said. It's a terrible. It's just a terrible. You, you can't thing. fine like, him I for hate, an action he did ten years before you hired him. You can't suspend him for it. Like, you can't do anything. There's nothing you can do. Um. So to I, me, just, I think this is different because I think it is involving league matters. And while he may not have been, it's not like a situation where like, oh, we're going to now put out there Josh Hader's tweets from when he was in fucking sophomore in high school where he said black hoes got big asses like like, OK, like really, this is what we're doing. Like clearly like the guy's 30 now. You're making tweets from when he was 15. Like I can attest, I was a different person at fifteen than I was at thirty. I am at thirty. <laughs> like it just everybody is, right? So I think, but this is different. This is a very powerful person in the league, John Gruden, someone who's a, a a name in the league. Yes, it was ten years ago, but it was about league matters, league matters that are still happening today with a person that's still involved in the league today, and this is someone that is ahead of your organization. This is different. You know, this isn't some just guy off the street or just some guy in a scout somewhere. Like this is the head coach. He's running the organization. That's the other thing. Like John Gruden is running the organization. Yeah, I know Mayock's the GM, but he's the GM and it's Gruden's the guy in the Raiders. Everybody knows it. This is different. You know what I mean? Like I, I just don't I don't know how you you know, if a yeah. tweet from ten years ago where, you know, he says something stupid like "bitches get stitches." Like, that's one thing you could kind of. Maybe he's grown. You know, this is like he literally is talking about the player rep or the 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 head of the players association and using a racist term to describe the players association rep. Like, eh, I don't know. That's 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 a little bit of a. That's a little bit of a tough one to to try to rationalize. Man. Yeah, I know. I get it, dude. I, I I can't rationalize it, but I I just don't know what kind of punishment you can retroactively do. That's all. I don't think that's true. That's true. What can there's just really nothing. Do? There's nothing you can do about it. I mean, it's like I said, it's not murder. He didn't rape any. Like it's nothing, you know, substantial in the sense where like, you know, it's like a felony. <laughs> what he did. If you were uh, a player yeah. in that locker room, you know, if you're Josh Jacobs in that locker room, yeah, you know. I think, like, I, I think well, that's the thing. Like, we don't know. His, I, think, I don't I know his personal do, but relationship. I think, but I think you do fear someone. See, I'm conflicted on this one because I get everything that you're saying, and I normally tend to to, to stick where you're at. Yeah, I I'm think, surprised again, you're, you're kind of pushing back a little bit. But I th- no, what yeah. I think this is such a unique situation because again, it is John Gruden. He is the head yeah. of this organization for all intents and purposes, but, and he is again, he's he's 
on a subject talking about something that is current. You know, it's not like he was talking about, you know, uh, rap music of the nineties or some shit like that. Some innocuous thing that has nothing to do with anything. It's this particular issue. And then of course you have the issue of the NFL and race, lack of black coaches, you know, Hey, we're making initiative to, you know, be woke and black lives matter. And Hey, we got Dr. Dre performing at the, you know, at the Super Bowl, And, right. you know, we stand with Colin Kaepernick, even though you won't give him a job and all these other things. <laughs> and, and it's like all these things that you're trying to get away from. And then it's like, Oh, here comes John Gruden and his Michelin tires comment. Like <laughs> it just seems, and it's like, if nothing yeah. happens to him, then it's like, you're sending, which is not unlike the NFL to do mixed messages. The NFL now, nah, never, never. Um, it's unlike, it just, it just is a bad look. That's all I'm saying. It's just a bad look. It is that you're saying, Hey, we we want to make, we want to make active strides in understanding race and equality and all these other things. But you know, John Gruden can get away with calling yeah. D Marie Smith. No, you know, I, I just think their hands are tied. I, I, I mean, I don't like it. You don't like it, but I'm not going to call for a punishment for someone with some, someone said something they said, <laughs> you know what I mean? 10 years ago. Um, so yeah, you, you know, it, it does. I, I I do raise my eyebrows a little bit at him now. Like I, I doesn't surprise me that he'd say it. To be honest with you, but it like, now that I, like like I said somewhere yeah. in a group chat, I was like, yeah. you know, am I shocked? Nah. Yeah, you just kind of look at John Gruden. I mean, listen. that's the same thing. Like you, you know, the whole Jericho thing with his um his um mother in law and like the same thing. Or it was just kind of like, really? Oh man, like I'm not shocked though. I'm not shocked. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know this is probably an unpopular thing to say, but honestly. Yeah. Does it surprise me that like every white person is not a little way? So sometimes, I, especially it was like again, this is not a millennial. This is not a Gen Zer. This is a but, fucking. I mean, guy also like, yeah, I, and what he said to me wrong. Like I, again, like that's not that's not casual. What he's that's not like a casual like. No. Um, but you didn't even use like I, a casual stereotype. I mean, yeah. he used some. Yeah, he did. I, that 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 you yeah. you got you got a you got a veteran card when you use a shit like that. <laughs> Lips are Michelin tires. Like really, really. <laughs> Damn, like I'm surprised that you use porch monkey and you know shit like that. Like, yo, that's that's some that's some yeah. But yeah, I know I get what you're saying, man. I, I yeah. think again, it's hard to then say like, oh yeah, someone should get fired. Yeah, something they said ten years ago. And and again, I'm someone that I hate that to me. You know, you know, or somebody does something good, and all of a sudden we're pulling up tweets from what they did fifteen years ago out of context out of anything i just right. yeah that that rubs me the wrong way and i agree with you on that but i don't know this one is different because again it was an email it was concerning league matters and i know people want to say he wasn't in the league i mean he was calling he was, was calling monday night football it wasn't yeah. like he was sitting on a boat in montana somewhere not involved in league matters like he and was, it was like league, it was like league business what he was doing yeah. right yeah right i so, get it yeah i get it, it. It's, it's 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 interesting i i'm i'm ultimately i'm with you though i don't i don't think he Faces, I mean, I think I think the Raiders to save face might suspend him a game or two just to say they did something, or that they don't stand for that kind of language or whatever. They'll they'll suspend him for a game or two. The legal, I I can see the league saying, "Look, we don't want to do anything, but just to save face, take a two two game suspension, a little fine, it'll go away, whatever." Right? Yeah, I can see something like that happen. Yeah, I get to. Yeah. So. Um, but let's go. But let's. But let. But yeah. Let's let's move on to some on the field matters. Um, anything that stuck out to you in Week Five of the 2021 NFL season? I'm officially worried about the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> 
officially. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you can lose to Buffalo, which is fine, but the way they lost mm-hmm. to Buffalo, no, nah, man. <laughs> not at home, yeah. not like that. It looks, it looks sloppy. Yeah. It looks disinterested. Yeah, the just the men, the thing that's concerning is the mental mistakes. I mean, I Mahomes just looked lost and bad and just the bad. I think picks. you tweeted something. Do you tweet it like is Mahomes drunk? I laughed out loud. It was funny. Yeah, he, but like seriously, honestly, like, yeah. <laughs> drunk? Like I'm just like, <laughs> has he has he been watching the uh, thirty for thirty on the Mets and 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 living that eighty six Mets yeah. lifestyle? Jesus Christ! Oh man. No, I mean, uh, listen, I, I'm with you. I, I would be a little. I don't, I'm not going to go to full on panic mode and worry like, oh, they're not going to make the playoffs. I, yeah. I think I'm, I've reached a point where I'm concerned. I think they're definitely in a Super Bowl hangover. Um, yeah. Listen, I'm a I'm a big believer. You know, Parcells used to say this too. You know, the hardest thing in, in any sport is to get to a final World Series, Super Bowl, whatever, and lose, and then come back next year and have to do it all over again. Yeah. And you know, Collinsworth, in the midst of all his bullshit that he says normally, um, hinted at this. Like, you know, maybe that Super Bowl took a lot out of the the chiefs than we really let on before. Yeah. They don't look right. You know, even the offensive line that, you know, the much ballyhooed improvements, to the offensive line doesn't really seem like it's done much. Uh, the offensive line still looks shaky. Um, the defense is still a problem. I think if you want to, I think if you want to direct it to football reasons, not just like intangibles, I, I think the defense is still a problem and it's getting worse. Like, you know, I think we talked about it offline you know, that it's, it's only so much you can survive with a bad defense. You know, eventually yeah. you have to try to get the defense better and they just haven't. And I think that it's catching up with them. You know, it's like they've lived by this mantra of just having a decent enough defense where it's like our offense is so good that we can withstand a shitty defense. I think that's catching up to them now. And I think because well, their offense is not as good as it was before. I mean, it's not bad offense, but it's nowhere near as potent as it was a couple of years ago, in my opinion, at least. No, and I think I just I just think they don't run the ball enough. That's that's kind At of what I have with the run. For, yeah, don't, well, I don't think they have a great running game. I, I, I well, eight. I don't think they run the ball enough because I don't think they have good running backs. Like Clyde is Edward Hilaire is nice. He's decent. He's hurt. He's hurt now. He's so. hurt. And he's hurt yeah. now. And even when he's healthy, he's a solid running back. I don't think he's a superstar. I don't think he's a game changer. And not yeah. saying that you need a game changer at the position, but you know, just imagine if they had um, Kareem Hunt before yeah, Kareem Hunt. You know, before yeah. he decided to beat females up um yep. you know just imagine where this offense would be I, I think that all those things are trying to catch up to them. the lack of a, a consistent running game the offensive line and then the defense i think it's all these things that we've kind of always had concerns about with the chiefs yeah. i think it's finally catching up with them um you know and it's like it's only so much that your offense can mask to the point where it's like no i think other and other people and i think other other teams around the league if i don't i wouldn't say they would they've caught up to the chiefs from an offensive perspective but i think they're not as intimidated because they know because any game you play against the chief you know you're going to score points so you just have to make enough plays on defense to at least slow them down where you give yourself a chance right right you're not going to outscore them necessarily but you can at least slow them down to win right because you know they're, they're going to give you 28 plus <laughs> you're going to get it yeah because if you know if you play the Chiefs, you know you're scoring 30. Like right. it's guaranteed you're scoring 30. Right. So you just have to do enough to keep them from scoring, you know, 35. You know what I mean? Right. You know, create turnovers, get to Mahomes, put pressure on them, whatever. You have to do enough to really change the game on that side of things. And then you give yourself an opportunity. So I, I think that so in that regard, I think the league is caught up to to the Chiefs. So it's gonna be very interesting. It's gonna be very fascinating. I still think they'll be there at the end. I really do. You know, yeah. I, I, I just, again, you're going to have to show me that in a, in a big game in January, you're not taking Mahomes, you know, with your life on the line. You're not taking They're that good offense. by low. They're good by low right now. 
Yeah. If, if, the, if you're into like super wads and stuff. Yeah. And, and also there is an element of like, maybe of like, uh, it's October. We're turning on when it's November or December. We'll turn it on. Yeah. I, I do see a lot of that in this team too, where it's like a, we'll be there. Don't worry about it. It's October. We'll get right when we have to get right. Now that's right. always a dangerous proposition too. Cause sometimes you go turn on that light flip, light switch and that light ain't working. And <laughs> in a bad situation. But right. I, yeah, I, I think at the end though, I think they'll be there. I you know, but I am concerned. I am with you. I am concerned. They did not look they did not look good. Um are you in the other aspect of this too, are, are you finally believing in the Bills? No. Not yet. Not yet. I agree. I'm not there I yet. Agree. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I, I mean, this game was huge in the sense where now if they play an AFC championship game, you know, if the Bills don't stumble over themselves, um, it will be in Buffalo, which yeah. honestly, like, to me, I, I know Buffalo is a hard place to play, but I could, I, I can see Kansas City going into Buffalo and winning. Um, but it is, it is nice to have a home field advantage, especially when you lost the AFC championship game to Kansas City and Kansas City the year before that. So to me, like, I think psychologically, the Bills have an advantage over the Chiefs right now, one thousand percent. And there are other teams in the AFC, like you know, are are we are we believing in the Chargers for real? Like, are the Browns really going to not be with the that Chiefs? coach and his coaching decisions? Yeah. Jesus, yeah. Like, yeah. are we are we high on the Browns? Really, the Steelers are not good this year. So, so to me, it's kind of like who else in the AFC, you know, is 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 going to knock off these two teams? That's that's what also gives me. That's why I'm also not jumping off the the ship with Kansas City because I think at the end of the day, I still think that when they've when they've got it all together, I still think nobody beats them in the AFC, and that includes yeah. the Bills. You know, listen, I, I like the I like what the Bills have done. They've built a team that can at least compete for an AFC championship. Game. But I think push comes to shove, you're going to have to show me that this team. You know, I still don't love their defense. Their defense is it's better. It's better than it's been in the last couple of years, and it's better than it was last year. Um, but I, I still don't believe in that defense. And there's something about that offense. I still don't trust in big situations. Um, they don't run the ball enough for me or as effectively as I'd like it, you know? Yeah. And, you know, Josh Allen is still prone to do Josh Allen things. Uh, so until he cleans that up, you know, I, I still am not a full on believer in the bills in a big spot. Same. They play, they play like a pickup game. It's like a pickup game of basketball, like a very sloppy pickup game. Sometimes. I mean, we saw it in week yeah. one against the Steelers. Like they just looked out of sync like they get into these modes where it's just like yeah like they look the offense doesn't just look bad it looks awful and discombobulated and you know come postseason you know i don't know if there's a defense maybe the the ravens i don't even know the ravens could that's the thing i'm Um, trying to think of teams right now where it's like the ravens maybe on a good day maybe it's it's (laughs) been a weird season because no one's really kind of broken out and had that like fast start everybody's kind of it, you know, it feels like everybody's either three and two or two and three, <laughs> right? You know, outside of the Cardinals and you know now the you know the Bills or whatever, but it just feels like everybody's kind of in the same playing field. Mm-hmm. So no one's really kind of like broken out. So it's kind of hard right now, even though we are kind of at the halfway point now. This quarter or not the halfway point, but a quarter of the season already has been played. Um, so you're starting to see who's kind of the teams to beat. Um, so it, it is weird in that regard. Like we're not seeing anybody that's really like, oh, this team is going to do this or that team's going to do that. Um, so the AFC is completely wide open for me. Like outside of the Chiefs and the Bills, like I mean, anybody really believing in the Browns, the Ravens, they go as far as Lamar Jackson takes them. You know, the Steelers, they have issues. Um, you know, anybody else, the Titans, they got a lot of injuries. They're banged up, and their defense is still a problem. Um, the Colts, who the hell knows about the Colts and Carson Wentz? Um, so yeah, 
Um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I. That's why, again, I still maintain that un- until I see it in a big game, I-, I think the Chiefs are still the team to beat in the AFC. Yeah, I, I agree. I-, I know their record doesn't say so, but I agree with you 100%. Yeah, they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. Anything else that stood out to you? Not really, man. I mean, like you said, there are a lot of like three and two teams, a lot of teams that just really aren't standing out to me. I mean, the the Rams went into Seattle and won, but even that was unimpressive to me. They're my pick to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. And I came away from that game like, all right, I, I could see um, why some people are at the opposite of Matt Stafford truthers like I am. Um, <laughs> it was kind of an over, un, like an underwhelming win. It's like you almost let Geno Smith be you. <laughs> Like that yeah, kind of they haven't well the last couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, they have it. Um, although I'm, I'm still, I'm still kind of high on them. Like you're right, there's not a team where I'm just kind of like Super Bowl contenders. Those guys right there. Um, even the, I mean, the Bucks did what they had to do this week, but like last week they weren't. We didn't, we didn't talk last week. Yeah, you know, the Bucks seem kind of flawed. It's, it's a very, it's a very open field this year. I think on both conferences, I, I could see the Cowboys like making a run. It's, um. I don't know, man. Like, I, I think that's the biggest takeaway for me is like, I, I'm starting to realize that I'm not actually impressed with anybody, really. There's not a team where I'm just like, these guys are good. And I feel like you get you get that like maybe two or three times a year at yeah. some point. Yeah. Even the Cardinals, you know. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't believe in the Cardinals. I mean, I watched their game today against the Niners and it was like, really, it, you had to struggle to beat Trey Lance. <laughs> Like I understand yeah. the Niners, they're they're good defense, they're good defensively, but it's not like they shouldn't be shutting you down the way they shut you down. You put up seventeen points. I feel like I feel like this season's been more about narratives. It feels like an NBA season in an NFL season. It feels yeah. like it's been more about narratives and media talking points than it's been about actual like the gameplay. I mean, I have like a lot of people are bringing up how sloppy the games have been, and I think I, I think I think that's a I think that's a issue with the lack of preseason, man. I just think that again, you know, I think that we all all of us to a man i've said it forever that preseason is garbage we shouldn't have it or whatever but i think yeah i think that the lack of good football um so far this season i think it just shows that i think you do need preseason Um, i don't agree four games but i think maybe two um yeah and and not even so much having preseason but having these teams play their guys in the preseason it's just you, it's hard to justify that because of injury. But yeah, I I, I, get, I get what you're it. saying. It's a double edged sword of like yeah. if I play a guy and he gets hurt, then I look bad. But then if I don't, play I mean guy, that to me that's yeah. the reason why. And don't get me wrong, this is, they're a terrible football team. But that's the reason why the Jets look so bad to me. Like in the very beginning, especially where the line is like, don't get me wrong, like they weren't good today. But the line looks like a professional line at least a little now. Like it's not great, but it's not like. Yeah. laughable <laughs> well, the issue, well the issue like well yeah. not to get too much jet centric but the issue with the jets and they had an amazing win last week i was i was literally on a beach in cancun cheering my ass off Th- of thought shit. they were turning it around huh you beat uh, the titans at home oh my god we got the falcons no, who are very susceptible the, the jets have a lot of issues one of them being i think the, i think mike lafleur's offense has just been brutal like he yeah. has no idea what the fuck he's doing yeah like which is surprising because you all you ever hear is the LaFleur brothers are just boy geniuses and he's yeah yeah he's not giving me genius vibes I'll just put it that way yeah um, so just the offense has just been so I mean some of the play calling and some of the play calling decisions in different spots of the game are just I mean this offense gets off to a slow start literally every week I mean every week before you know it they're down ten nothing or they're down seventeen I mean you just it's not sustainable I mean it's not 
going to build a rhythm offensively if you're just right. con- and if you're down every game to start that it makes it hard for you to establish the run which you need with a young quarterback and you're just having Wilson have to make things happen and at this stage in his career you really shouldn't be putting all this pressure on your quarterback to just really do everything um you know, has he been great? No, he's shown flashes of absolute brilliance. Last games, last year or last week's game, you know, as a perfect example. But you know, I still don't understand the whole Denzel Mims situation. We actually saw him this week, which is a wow! Oh my god, he actually played. Um, yeah. Denzel Mims—that's a situation that it continues to my boggle the mind. Um, the fact that this team doesn't have a freaking ba- a veteran backup, like Zach Wilson, has more experience than the backup. Yeah, which is. Beyond me, yeah. beyond like it, is, it still has not been. I still have not been given a good answer of why there's not a back. I mean, you couldn't find a Joe Flacco, uh, anybody, anybody to be. And, and, and people will say, well, what's the big deal with not having? I mean, it's just I, I think having a, a veteran backup for a young quarterback is very important. It's an extension right. of the coaching staff. Right. You know, when when Wilson's struggling, imagine having a guy like and I'll use Joe Flacco. Flacco. As an example. Imagine having a Flacco there who's won a Super Bowl who could teach this kid like, hey, listen, that throw, I probably would have did it this way or, you know, I, listen, right. you know, watch out for this. But I've had that. I faced that in 2009 with the Steelers. They did this, you know, right. re- make this read. You know, what I mean. Have that instead. You have this fucking guy who's never fucking played in the league being right. a backup. Like, why? So just it's that's frustrating, man. Frustrating. Yeah, and then also like I just noticed like, I watched the whole game, so uh, because it's the only game on. You know, go back to Lafleur, man. I mean, you have the receiving core is not. It's I don't get me wrong. It's not by any means a great receiving core, but Corey no, Davis, we're not the Chiefs, but yeah, yeah, Corey Davis, Keelan Cole is even a, a decent receiver. Denzel Mims, like, Elijah, Elijah, that's su- the fact that they're not going like four receivers, like they don't have sets like that. And the beginning of the game, they're they're literally going, We'll go Corey Davis on this side, Jameson Crowder. Oh, yeah, Jameson Crowder is another one. They they have two receiver sets. Like, how do you expect frustrating. Zach frustrating. Wilson to to succeed when you're literally just throwing but it's not two even, receivers it's, and a tight end doing a short flat right? Like you're yeah. not giving him you're not spreading. No the imagination, no yeah, imagination, nothing. And then the, yeah. it's not even so much the receiver sets, but like the targets. Like there was a game where Braxton Barrios had more targets than right. like Elijah Moore. Like why? Right. Why? But you notice Zach does better when like Keelan Cole gets involved when it, yes. when it's Cole Crowder. Corey Davis. Security like blankets. F- yeah. The fact yeah. that we don't have a tight end. Like this team continued. Like yeah. everybody talks about a pass rusher. The Jets have not had a good tight end since God knows. Like, in my life, I don't think the Jets have had a good tight end. Yeah. The defense is not the been problem. This team. Yeah. Defense is not the problem the de- with this team. The, the, the defense, listen, today the, I thought today was the first game where I really felt the defense didn't play up to par. Really they turned the ball over, though, a few times. Even when they they weren't playing up to par, but they still did. They did a few did, good. Yeah. Yeah. They did. They did. But I thought today was the worst game the defense has played. Um, so yeah. far this season because the defense has been phenomenal. Like the defense has been I have no issues with the defense so far this season. The defense has played as as good, better than I thought it ever could. So that's not been the problem. It's just been the offense. But the defense today had issues. Um, yeah. Uh, it's But it's the Jets. And listen, I, I'm not even I, I can't even get myself so worked up about it because again, this is a developmental year. This year is about Zach Wilson and his development. And, you know, so far it's it's an incomplete right now. And it's not all his fault. It's just I don't think he's been given much to work with. And I don't think he's been given much to work with from a from a schematic standpoint, from a coaching standpoint. Yeah, no, I agree. I, th- I think they're failing him right now. Yeah, I, don't I agree. Think a chance to, to succeed at all, especially with what, what, and then that line too. I mean, you can't do anything. No. <laughs> um, it's gotten no. better though. It's slowly the lines get. It has better. gotten better. It has Tucker better. had a good game today, so I, I think. 
it, it's gotten better. It's been a work in progress. It's gotten better. It is at least, like you said, a professional line now where the first two yeah. weeks they were an embarrassment. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And listen, that's not to take away the, the blame on Wilson, too. I mean, Wilson's got to get better. He, he still holds on to the ball too many times. He's still one read. Throwing some balls in the dirt. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, even the easy throws that he should make, he's missing them. So that's a little frustrating. Yeah. But again, all these things are too expected with a, with a young quarterback. Yeah. It's about growing and getting better from game to game. So hopefully right. he does that. Um, what about your G-Men, man? It's over. <laughs> Season's over, bro. Saquon's done. Galladay's out. Kadarius Tony was having a great game. Then he decides to punch someone upside the head with his helmet. Now he has to get x-rays on it. Like, Daniel Jones looked like he got knocked out, bro. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw it. I didn't see but it. I've he got a I concussion heard. at the one yard line and just basically stumbled. It looked like any he news got, on uh Saquon yet? Sprained ankle. Um, he'll probably be out a couple weeks if I had to guess. Uh, mm-hmm. they showed it on the sideline and his ankle was like phew, was huge. Mm. Um, but yeah, like one of those games where it's like your quarterback goes out, your running back goes out, your wide receiver one goes out, and then the guy who's breaking out, Kadarius Tony, who has like a thousand receptions over a thousand yards ends up getting to a fist fight where he's dumb enough to swing at someone with a helmet on <laughs> gets ejected now needs x-rays on his hand and is probably going to be suspended a game or two um on top of the fact o- that he might be injured so, yeah, yeah the season's over the season's over not a good look for joe judge no i although i will say i when you not the injuries, the lack of discipline, yeah. the, 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 Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. The, when you know, your coach, your coach is a drill sergeant and he doesn't play games, but you're out here swinging on people. They're literally really listening swinging to you. on people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. No, um, I didn't see the much of the giants cowboy game. Um, I was covering the, uh, the, the playoff games. The it would have been a good, if, if Jones, if, if everyone was healthy, that would have been a great game. It was it was it was shaping up to be a really good game. It was. Um Yeah, so. yeah, injuries suck, man. What can yeah. I say? They 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 definitely suck. Yeah. Um yeah, it's gonna be a long season for the Giants, man. Um yeah, even before the injuries, it was gonna be a long season. I mean, I'm surprised you guys got that win in 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 New Orleans last week. I think that was more about the Saints than it was about the Giants. But um yeah, it's gonna be a long season. Um, I didn't watch a lot of football. Um, that's part of the reason why we want to talk about too much about the NFL this weekend, just because yeah. I didn't watch a lot of football because we have playoff baseball games. Come on now. Can't sit here and watch the Cowboys. I've been Giants watching, man. Over. I've been watching. Man, the Red Sox uh, Rays game was great. Uh, I, it's going to be scoreboard. marred by a yeah. terrible, terrible, terrible call. So what happened? I, I was scoreboard watching. I don't I don't know what happened. I just know well, the Red Sox won an extra. The infamous ground rule double in the I lose track of it. Thirteenth inning. Uh Kevin Kiermeyer hits a hits a fly ball, um, hits the base of the wall, bounces into um what's his face? Hunter Renfro's stomach and then hit goes over this goes over the fucking fence. And uh Yandy Diaz, the Ray's third baseman, I believe he was in second base, um, could have scored, but they ruled him. They ruled it a ground rule double. So I hate that. Called him back to third base. I don't know Kiermaier if there's a solution. Yeah, is there a solution to that though? Like, is that a judgment call with the arms? It's a like- ju- well. The problem is a lot of the a lot of the issues with Major League Baseball and the rule book is that a lot of it is judgment calls, right? Because they have these right. silly rules, but a lot of it is interpretation by the umpire. So it's kind of like, hey. Because you know, there is, because through the rule, right? If the runner is between second and third, then the run can't score because the interpretation is that he would have scored anyway had the ball not bounced over the fence. But since 
the runner was in between first and second, then the interpretation is that there's no guarantee he would have scored. Never mind that your eyes saw what they saw and he scored it easily. It, it kind of is, you know, I mean, it's just kind of one of those things where it's kind of irrelevant. Um, yeah, it's a lot of it is interpretation. Uh, we had another another kind of a similar call in uh, the White Sox Astros game where Yasmani Grandal runs into the baseline and stands in the way of uh, Guriel's throw to the to to home, and he hits him in the arm, and they didn't call interference on that, even though it clearly looked like he ran inside the baseline and yeah. or outside of the baseline and was clearly trying to inter- impede on the throw. But it's one of those things again, interpretation. So it, it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating. Yeah. It's very frustrating. Right. I mean, some of them are dumb, and everybody's saying, "Oh, yeah, it's gonna the Rays got screwed. It's gonna it's gonna warrant a rule change." I don't think it is. I mean, they're not the only team that's been screwed by this rule forever and ever and ever and ever. It happens every year. I mean, it I've, happens I've, every year. Yeah, every every year, I watch a game, game where I'm like, "Oh, and it's never changed. <laughs> never changed." So yeah. yeah, I don't see it changing. But no, it's been it's been a good weekend of playoff baseball, man. Um, the Dodgers Giants series is going to be interesting. Um, I just don't know if the Giants. Um, I'll give you a quick synopsis on what I think is going to happen. I think the Giants Dodgers series is going to be interesting. I think it's going to be a long series. Although I am worried about the Giants. Um, I just think the Dodgers have too much pitching, and and their offense is a little bit more consistent than I think the than the Giants' offense is. Yeah. Uh, so I think the Dodgers should should win that series, but I don't know. I mean, that's clearly a toss up. Um, it goes a distance. I, the one worry I have about the Dodgers is, see, I think t- t- tonight's, I should say tonight's game, because we're already in Monday on the East Coast. Um, I think tonight's game is going to be very important, game three in LA, because I think after Scherzer, what do the Giants do? See, if they win game four, if they win game three, because you know how in a five game series, you're not using your four starters. A lot of times you can right. kind of mess around with your rotation. Yeah. But what do the, what do the Dodgers do if they're down? a game and they're facing elimination because after Scherzer, they really don't have any other options, you know, because remember Kershaw's out and, you know, do they come back with Gonsolin price? Maybe I don't even know if price is on a playoff roster. So what do they do? I mean, do they come back with, um, you know, um, I don't think they're going to pitch Walker Bueller on two days rest. Young kid who they've never done that before. I don't. I don't think so. So I think it's going to be very. That's why I think tonight's game is going to be very important. It's a must win because I think it swings the series in either direction. Yeah. Um, so I think it does go to distance. I think they're just two evenly matched, really good teams. I think it does go to distance. I think the Giants still win in Game Five. Um, the other NL series, uh, Braves and the Brewers. Um, I think the Braves, unfortunately, I hate the Braves, but I think the Braves are going to win that series. I just, I didn't like the way the Brewers finished the regular season. And, um, yeah, they just didn't look good. And plus, I think the Braves have gotten, you know, I think it was psychologically to beat the two best pitchers on the Brewers, or at least one of the two best pitchers on the Brewers and Brandon Woodruff in game two was, was, was significant. Yeah. So I think the Braves are, are going to escape. I, I just think the Braves have a better offense, uh, than the Brewers. Um, and they have just as good pitching. Um, so I think the Braves might survive that series. And they've, they've taken their bumps and bruises, man. The Braves have taken spankings in the first rounds a few years. So it's time. Yeah, right? 
yeah. Time. As far as the American <laughs> League, um, yeah. I think the Red Sox. I think the Red Sox are going to win that series. Honestly, I, I'm worried about the Rays. I just think the issue I always have with the Rays is they're starting pitching. Um, you know, they can survive. You know, I think last year was a little bit of a. I don't want to say a fluke, but it was a little bit of a fluke because of the shortened season. They were able to maximize those bullpen arms and yeah. do what they do best. But I don't think that formula works in the postseason, man. You're just going to tire out. No, for, I mean, you saw it in, in game yeah. two. That that yeah. kid, he was a yeah. rookie. Was it was a third yeah. career start? He gets out. Yeah. Their ousted. rotation is comprised of rookie pitchers, and I yeah. just don't think I don't think that's a, a formula for success in, in, yeah. in the postseason. I just don't. So I, I, I five, yeah, you, you, you take a five two after that grand slam. I thought that game was over. Oh, that's a that's over. You you just knocked Chris too. Sale out the game. It's over. I did too. I did too. And the Red Sox got, got a little bit of a team of destiny vibe going on. Uh, with they them always beating. do. I hate them, yeah. man. Stop it. Every Red Sox <laughs> has nothing to do with. Insane, it has nothing bro. to do with them beating the Yankees. On but it's exam. no, no, it doesn't. But I just feel like I hear that about the Red Sox every fucking year in the postseason, no, man. Year, but 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 this year more than anything because they weren't expected to be here. This is a I team know, that literally had no expectations. The, the year they won in two thousand was it two thousand fourteen? They weren't supposed to be there either. Team of death. Like ah, I'm so sick of that. Hey, man. I hey, hate hey, that. Hey, bro. Hey, maybe the Yankees would be a team of destiny if they didn't buy yeah, fucking players every fucking five minutes. I, listen, if I was if I didn't grow up in the Bronx, I would hate the Yankees. Absolutely oh, hate them. So disgusting. God, I hate the Yankees. But I wouldn't be Yankee, I, I wouldn't be it's it's really uncharacteristic of me to root for a team like that. I like mm. I like suffering. I, I do too. Can. So it's un, it's a, it is un, <laughs> it is uncharacteristic that I root for the Lakers and Duke. Yeah. It's like totally. But hey, I don't but, I don't mind. But, to um, be fair, <laughs> you know, Mike Gallego was a shortstop when I started watching the Yankees. So I don't want to okay, hear nothing. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. <laughs> um, nah, listen, I think the Red Sox have a chance. I really do. I think they're going to win game four. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who they pitch. They're coming back with Rodriguez on on short rest. So it's an interesting move, but I don't. I just don't see the Rays having enough. Fun pitches. fact, my first name's Eduardo. My real name's Eduardo Rodriguez. So it's always trippy to see him out on the mound. Eduardo Rodriguez. That is my name. That Josh is my name. Rodriguez version. Um, jo- Josh is my middle name. Oh uh, man, I did not know that. That's a fun fact. Look at that, yeah. Eduardo. We should just start yeah. changing your name from Josh to Eduardo. <laughs> Why not? Um, and then the Astros White Sox. Uh, that was a wild game. I was watching a lot of that game before, uh, especially during a delay. Um, I, I just think the Astros. The Astros are too good. I know the White Sox won tonight. Their offense finally woke up, but I just think the Astros eventually will be too much for them. Um, the Astros or the White Sox pitching has not been impressive. I mean, even that vaunted bullpen. You know, they finally got going tonight, but you know, yeah, I think the Astros win pretty good. They win. They I think win Astros going back to the World Series. I want to see Astros Dodgers in the World Series. Ooh. That, that's the matchup <laughs> that I think baseball needs. It needs I, to have. I don't want to see the Red Sox and I don't want to see the Giants. Those are two organizations for some reason. And it's not even like the Giants are like bad guys. It's just like the whole like I feel like the Giants are the Red Sox of the NL in the sense of like <laughs> these guys came out of nowhere. They're so likable. How could like shut up? Like I'm I know like they've Man. been that way since 2010. I know they which is weird because they won three championships in like what five years it was and like yeah. One of the weirdest dynasties if you want to call it of all time they in were my like opinion the, they were like the spurs of baseball which was yeah but like had no business being the spurs right. like that's what it felt like it's like the no, spurs I, you I, knew I, were the spurs because they had three hall of fame but, but yeah. those giants the 2012 like, team was actually a legitimately dominant really good team yeah the other two teams were out of nowhere kinda, yeah yeah especially that 20 the 2014 one was definitely out of nowhere like they yeah. they it was that was just Bumgarner, man. That was Bumgarner's just greatness, just carrying that team. I was rooting so hard for the Royals that year, man. I wanted the Royals so bad. Fuck that, the Royals that, for obvious he, reasons. Who who hit the who hit that triple? Was that Hosmer? 
In game seven? Uh, yeah. Went, he should have freaking went home. Man. No, it was Alex Gordon. It was Alex Gordon. It was Alex Gordon? Oh, man. It was Alex Gordon. I would have went for scored. it. He should have scored. scored. He probably got thrown out, but it would have been a cool way to end the World Series. Yeah, probably. Yeah. They would have tied it. They would have tied it. Yeah, that's they right. 3 2. Or thrown out at home. Can you imagine yeah. being thrown out at home to end game seven of the World Series? That's story. Bro. I don't know. You're a Yankee fan. Can you imagine being thrown out at home? <laughs> Phil Nevin? <laughs> That sorry, was, unnecessary shot. Sorry, bro. That might have been the best joke this podcast has ever heard. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Imagine that you're a Yankee fan. I think you've seen a lot of guys get thrown out of home. Phil Nevin, Jesus Christ, what are you bro, doing? I have no comeback for that. That is genius. Although, let's, although it is a little bit overrated because Joey Gallo literally has one sack fly in his entire career, and he just did it this year with the Yankees. So there's no Why? guarantee that Joey 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 Gallo gets right. a sack fly there. Not only that, just like. Saying. Not just, just not just that. Like, why is Joey Gallo, who's batting one ninety nine on the season, our cleanup hitter? Because the computer told Cashman that that's the way to go. So. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I yeah. should have questioned the computer. My bad. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. Windows eleven. Uh, um, my bad. So, how does a computer come up with the fact that someone batting one ninety nine? <laughs> Oh man, listen. He's not even he's, he's not even a major league baseball hitter. I'm sorry. If you're batting 199, you should well, not he, be. He, listen, like Joey Gallo is literally like home run or strikeout. Like that's that's like But that's, that's Joey that, Gallo like to me that cutoff is like 225. If you're batting 199, come on. Hey man, he hits if you're the ball batting, a long way when he connects and he's got a hot girlfriend, so that makes it Oh, I'm sorry. Man, Computer so and hot. So sorry, you're right. So you're right. Yeah. Right. And he's uh, Italian. And he's Italian. Yeah, he's Italian. And in New York and the Bronx. Right. So my bad. My no, bad. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> nah, man. The Yankees have some question marks, man. Um, I think we do this every year with the Yankees. They're not firing Boone. They're not firing Cashman. I think they are getting rid of Boone. I do. I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I, I think there's this, I there's think they this get vibe rid of around Boone if Cashman. If they get rid of Boone, then that means Cashman's on the way out. See, I... I, I okay, so I'll, I'll take your word for it because you, you're more in the know with these mm-hmm. type of things, uh, especially lately with baseball. So... I'll take your word for that. But the way I look at it is that I just think Cashman's not always going to be there, but he has so much rope. I think they'll give him another manager, another chance. Know, so to another say. Another manager? You've had Tory. I know Tory wasn't a Cashman hire per se, but you know what I yeah. mean. Tory, you know. Is there any, is there any GM was, out there? Is there is there anyone who was like, yo, the Yankees should get this guy? Like anyone who's available on the market? I mean, there's like Theo Epstein. No, I mean, outside of Theo Epstein, no. I mean, the Mets are trying to get a a, a GM too. So, I mean, they're going to be competing for the same guys. No, it's not even so much about the next guy. I just think that, I think that maybe, and listen, I don't think anyone, I don't think both of them are going anywhere because I think, like you said, Cashman is so connected with that organization. And because of that, I think Boone and Cashman work so well together. And Boone is basically an extension of Cashman. So that's why I don't think he's getting it. He's going anywhere. Um, but I do think if 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 Boone is let go, and I'm not saying this because I know anything or I have any inside now, I'm just my own personal opinion. But I think if Boone yeah. does get fired, I think that tells you that Cashman, because I think his last year of his deal is next year. I, I think that tells me Cashman's not going to be staying there for long either. Gotcha. That 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 that's what they would only that's the only thing that would tell me because at that point you're getting rid of his guy, his hire, his yeah. guy works well with him, and then not to mention you're going to have him. And if I know if I'm an owner. That's now three managers that you've had during your tenure. You know the last two you fired, so now you're bringing in another guy. Yeah, I don't know. 
that that if I'm owning the team, that's not sitting well with me. But Hal's not his dad, so we'll see. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. But yeah, the Yankees, the Yankees are just, and I think that they're not going to fix any of their issues. They're still going to be the same offensively one-dimensional team they've always been, and yeah. you know. They'll figure out some things. They'll, they they did finally smart enough and took Torres off a sh- off a shortstop, which was had to happen. Um, but I, I'll, I'll say this: you guys need to get rid of Gary Sanchez. They, they can't continue. It ha- he's got to be gone now. I mean, they're they're weakest. They need a shortstop and a catcher. Like that's that. Those are two huge positions. Well, I think need. they could. I think they could survive with Urshela at shortstop. I think they figured that part out. I think Urshela. Where's Springer I mean, going? Urshela, Urshela, what's up? Where's where do you think Springer's going? Springer who? George George Springer. Springer. Yeah, he signed a six-year deal with the Blue Jays. Not George Correa. I'm sorry, confused my Astros. Oh, Correa, no, you're good. Uh, Correa, I think he ultimately resigns with the Astros. You know, okay. I think he, I think he ends up back with the Astros. He, he's not, a, he's not a target for the Yankees. Like he's not one of those like high-profile free agents that the Yankees are going to throw money at. Well, the, here's the thing with the Yankees, though, they've got a lot of decisions to be made because again, they've got Rizzo as a free agent this year, and I would think they want to keep Rizzo. Um, I would think you want to keep him unless I want to keep him for rental. No, I want to um, keep you him. Got, Rizzo's going to, he's not going to command, you know, a seven year deal, but he's going to command a, a four or five year deal for 20 mil. And then you have the Aaron judge free agency coming up. That's the big one. You know, even the Yankees have de- financial decisions to make, right? Like, so you've got Cole making 329 million, mm-hmm. you know, you've got Stanton still locked into six more, six or seven more years of that deal. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you got Aaron Judge who's going to want his own 10 year. You know, he may not be able to get 10 years because of his age, but he's going to at least going to get seven or eight at huge money. You know, so that's 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 that. And then you've got, you know, you're already paying LeMayhew. Like I said, you're paying Cole. I don't think if you're the Yankees. And then, of course, you, what do you do with first base now? Of course, if they don't, re- if they let um, if they let. Um, what's his face? Rizzo go. They could put Gallo at first base because Gallo's under contract for one more oh, The Yankees have issues, man. I don't they think do. they could, I mean, I, listen, it's a shortstop free agency market. So if they want a guy, they can go out and get one. But I think yeah. at big money, I don't think the Yankees are gonna do that. I don't think the Yankees are gonna go out because how do you man. how do you how do you justify giving Korea a 10 year $20 million deal and then saying, okay, judge, here's seven for 300 million? Like it's not. Didi's back on the market, right? He signed in one year, didn't he? Um, is Didi back on the market? I know. I, th- I think he did. Yeah, Didi. Yeah, I love Didi, man. I Didi was added, perfect for Yankee Stadium. He was. He was perfect, and he was perfect for the team too. He added like a he, he was a lefty bat. Like it was. It was just everything that they were they're missing right now. He, mm-hmm. The I line, mean, maybe the, they, the lineup is maybe, missing him. The the, the can, infield's missing him. Yeah. No, I mean, I think they'll be fine with Gio Urshela because Gio Urshela did come up as a shortstop. So I think Gio actually helps them there. He provides them cover there. Plus, you could put LeMayu at third. So I think you're covered there. Um, and I think if they do go out and get a shortstop, um, it'll be like the Angelton Simmons type. A guy, defensive wizard, you know, someone that could cost them cheap. They could get for yeah. cheap. I don't think they're going to go out and spend big money for one. Um, but I think they need a catcher. More important. I, I, to me, they got to trade. They got it. Yeah, they got it. Yeah, they can't continue with Sanchez. You yeah, know? they're afraid yeah. to trade him because they think he's going to become Piazza if they go somewhere else. But let him be Piazza somewhere else. Rate, he's, yeah. he's not going to be Piazza in New York. Just let him go. No. Yeah, just let him go. Just be done with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, just be done with that. So, yeah, I think this is the longest we've talked baseball on this show. Look at us. Yeah. Look at us here, huh? Relative. And you give us some 
Uh, no, but I, but I think the playoffs are going to be fun. Um, I, I Right now, I'd say Astros and Dodgers are my picks for the World Series right now. Okay. So those cool. are my picks. Uh, watch it be blue. Watch it be Brewers and uh, White Sox, but because I, 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 I always I, get these predictions wrong. I don't think the Brewers or Braves have a chance in the NL. It, I'd be shocked if one of those teams made it out of the NL. Dodgers are, Dodgers are too good, man. Jesus, yeah. the Dodgers are so good. I mean, it's it's incredible. It's incredible yeah. how good the Dodgers are. You know, I, I I do think that the winner of the Dodgers Giants series is going to the World Series. I think that is the that that is the. That is, for all intents and purposes, the NLCS. I agree. I agree with you. I think the Brewers had a shot before when Devin Williams was still active, but then he punched a wall during a celebration and cost himself the postseason. So, yay! Hey, so listen, it's not only Kadarius Stoney that does stupid things; it's Devin Williams too with the Brewers. Yay! So, yeah. So I thought the Brewers had a chance because they had the best pitching of everybody in the postseason. But yeah, losing Williams was a huge hit. So yeah, yeah. we shall see. But I. We're out of here. Uh, just looking at the time. We I said we weren't going to go long, but we ran up long anyway. So it is what it is, but it's all good, man. Before we get out of here, you want to tell the audience anything before we get out of here? Uh, just, you know, basketball season's back. So my podcast, The Dime with Josh Rodriguez, is also back, presented by Ball is Life. You can check it out yeah. at whatever podcast platform you listen to. I also have a YouTube channel, The Dime. So check that out as well. And also yes, Certified sir. Buckets, hosted by Lethal Shooter, Ashley Nicole Moss, and Christian Winfield, brought to you by Uninterrupted. I am the lead producer for that show, so go download it. Show some support. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, definitely. Go support The Dime. Go support uh, Certified Buckets. All the projects that Josh is working on, go support that. Um, all right. We're going to get up out of here. As always, you guys can listen and subscribe and follow this show obviously subscribe on the youtube page uh youtube.com slash any given sunday podcast and of course you can find the podcast on any free podcast platform spotify apple google etc etc and you can follow me on twitter at the Emmanuel brown you can follow josh at josh underscore rodriguez underscore and of course you can follow this show on twitter at ags pod um, Instagram, AGS Podcast, Facebook, Any Given Sunday. Uh, make sure you go check out MLB Bro. We're a little bit of a hiatus just because the season's over, but we still got you covered from a, from a postseason perspective. And then we got some fun things coming up in the offseason. So definitely, definitely be on the lookout for that. Go make sure you subscribe uh, to MLB Bro Show.com or MLB Show, M- the MLB Bro Show. There we go. Um, damn, that's a tongue twister right there. MLB Bro Show. Um, Go make sure you go subscribe to that podcast. Go, you know, go follow uh, Rob Parker as well. And uh, yeah, MLBbro.com for all the news and notes on everything going on with the network. Um, yeah, go make sure you go follow Dead End, all the content, all the shows we've got on Dead End Sport, uh, Dead End Podcast Network. And yeah, that's it. That's enough. It's too much selling stuff, too much advertising, too much stuff going on ahead. It's 12 midnight. I'm still in vacation mode. Yes. <laughs> Sunday, Monday. Of a week of vacation. Yes, I'm still in vacation mode. I'll get out of it eventually, but yeah. Um, all right, I'm done blabbering. For Josh Rodriguez, I am Annie Brown. This has been Any Given Sunday. We are out of here. Peace. Peace.